The Griswolds do Christmas. John Cusack and Cameron Diaz do John Malkovich. And MTV does the Jersey Shore. This week on 30 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Later Time Network's pop culture time machine, each week taking you back in time 30, 20, and 10 years into the past. Uh, this week we will be focusing on November 29th through December 5th, which means Christmas will rear its ugly head. I know one of our panelists will be lovely, very happy to hear about that. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. <laughs> Who else is with me? Lover of the Jelly of the Month Club, Diana Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Malkovich, and I am so Malkovich to talk about... This next Malkovich in 1999. It's, it is probably my most Malkovich movie of the year in Malkovich. Wow. I know exactly. I understood that reference. I did. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite movies ever. And I think one of the oddest Christmas classics of all time, just sort of looking <laughs> into it, uh, is also out this week. Again, we cover three decades. As of this recording, we're recording 30 and 20 and 10 years. Uh, we're looking at 30, 20, and 10 years ago to this week as of this recording. And that would be, again, November 29th to December 5th. So we're looking at 1989, 1999, and 2009. I have no idea when you're listening to this. That's the reason why I'm saying that. Because, of course, we've been having problem with our feed. So stick with us. And also, continue to support us at patreon.com slash lasertime. We look forward to another video game episode where we look at uh, take an in-depth look at the video games of 30, 20, and 10 years ago with the host of Video Game Apocalypse, the Laser Time Network's weekly video game show, Video Game Apocalypse. Exciting week in 30, 20, 10 history. Once again, you can support us at patreon.com slash lasertime. You want to see your, your favorite show continue existing into the new year? Please give us a give us a little bit of support. Five bucks is all we ask, and we'll give you some extra stuff in exchange, including a very, very long show that was so long, it's the first show I've ever blacked out on. But a lot of talk oh, about Lord, Dolomite and Parasite, one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Two of my favorite movies of the year so far. Yeah. And Terminator Dark Fate almost made it in the IT category, but just it's, so close. Terminator Dark, Dark Fight, all they had to do. I was uh, trying to stick it with Dite, with IT. IT. IT Night. Parasite. Dolomite. <laughs> Terminator Dark Fight. It would have been, it worked so that well. That would have been good. That would have been good. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for your support already. We do appreciate it because we've been having rough times over here and having to spend a lot of money to fix things. So thank you guys so much. Uh, for keeping us afloat. Patreon.com slash laser time. But this episode's going to be so much goddamn fun. Uh, I get to talk about a stupid cartoon, a Christmas classic, uh, a, a movie I didn't realize came out this late in the year. I really didn't. Uh, and, and it's one of my favorites of the entire year that we're talking about. And then, of course, one of the biggest reality show phenomenons ever that I was, I was there for at the time. Yeah. Uh, making it unlike a traditional 302010 show because we don't really give a lot of time to reality shows that don't have drag queens in them but this time yes. it's a, it's different <laughs> it's a big deal it's, it's a game changer it is a total game changer but let us begin with 1989 november 29th through the december 5th little bit of news to let you know it's 1989 back to the future 2 is number 1 at the box office as it should be because mm-hmm. that movie rules beyond compare it is so great and once again its fan base has not become toxified by people on the internet wonderful you're free to like Back to the Future too. Oh my God! Just had the thought of them remaking it with women, and Jesus Christ! Oh no! It's what could, only because I had the thought. How horrible! I only because I had the thought that that would create a different dynamic because the movie's essentially about going back in time to hang out with your parents. Sure. And that would would that not create a different dynamic? You're, I'm sure they wouldn't have 
the dad trying to fuck his daughter. That's a way more uncomfortable. And yeah, <laughs> just, I mean, just saying. Why just, is that way more uncomfortable? I don't know. I, I, I think it's still silly and fun. The okay. idea that his mom wants to kiss on him, even though, you know, whatever. Mm. She wants to feel. You know, that's a dynamic that I feel like we should devote more time to at a different date. Because okay. I am just, curious why that is. It does feel worse. And I, it does feel worse. Why should it? I don't know. I don't know. I think because it's probably more of a common. More often. Yeah, yes. Probably more of a common thing. Okay. But that means there's only one movie to talk about this week, and it is it is surprisingly star-studded when you think about it, because I recognize all these people, and I forget that all these people are in this one giant movie. We'll read the cast in a second, but first, a little clip of that trailer. Ladies and gentlemen, the only release worth talking about in 1989, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Deck the halls as you desire. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. White cat nibbling on a wire. Ah! Pine tree sap inside your nails. Sorry. And great gifts are on sale. Wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are. Harder than they are. Chevy Chase. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, December 1st at a theater near you. <laughs> rated PG-13. I like pointing that mm-hmm, out. Because mm-hmm. it does there some things. One, they got one fuck in there. Yeah. And there's just there's just a couple of things. Well, because like I, the original Vacation is an R-rated film. Yeah. Not a yep. lot of Christmas movies rated mm-hmm. PG-13. Right. Really. And, and that it started out as an R-rated franchise. And I can't think remember why. There's like... Very, very brief nudity, and that you can barely see. Mm. Uh, maybe. I don't even think you could call that nudity. Mm. Um, Still a side boob? This is crazy. Also, that trailer plays uh, Holiday Road from Lindsay Buckingham, whereas this movie doesn't, and mm-hmm. it's the only mm-hmm. movie in the vacation... I don't even know what to say. Quadrology? Quadrilogy? It's, it's difficult Quadrology? to say, because the fifth one, yes, that looks like a remake, uh-huh. Ed Helms is technically playing Rusty Griswold. Oh, I did so, not know and, that. Yes, okay. and, and the the son of Clark and the mother. <laughs> I couldn't watch that because of the um, trailer with the syringe sticking out of the guy's <laughs> arm or back it's not or bad. whatever. It freaked me out too much. I couldn't watch it. It is, it is totally that. not bad, and, yeah. uh, it, it, but it is it is technically the fifth film because oh. Beverly Angelo and and uh, Chevy Chase were in it. I think we we touched upon it last week. Diana, our resident Jew, loves this movie. <laughs> I I really enjoy this movie and. We had a brief off mic discussion. We're saying, "Oh shit, we get to talk about it this week," mm-hmm. and I realized I hadn't watched it in a while. And uh, Sarah pointed out, "It's like that you feel really bad for the next door neighbor, Julia Louis Dreyfus." And yes. I watched it again, kind of with that in mind, and I realized so much of this movie I enjoy because I am laughing at Christmas. Mm. Yeah, that's well, what I enjoy about this. You said, I believe you said before, I, I laugh I at laughing I- at. All the, you know what? I feel like I have to do this all in Yiddish, honestly, to be the resident Ooh. Jew talking about a Christmas movie. Yes. Probably the only Christmas movie with the word Christmas in the title I've seen in a theater. I, I did, come to think of it, I did too. Small anecdote that I didn't want to talk about at all. Uh, I had the hiccups for a week straight. And what? I remember seeing this movie through the hiccups. Oh and I have, I have never had <sighs> hiccups again. But it, it I had them for one week, and I saw. You, so you had all the hiccups in your life. You had your full life. I think worth so. Of hiccups. Yeah, I, I, I probably have you here know, and there, but never for more than like a minute. Honestly, I take it. This, yeah, this I is, would. Yeah. I would have hiccups for a week to never have them again. Yeah. I yeah, think. exactly. If you could take, I mean, you know, there's a bunch of diseases you can get like that as a little kid. Get it once, never again. Why not the hiccups? Okay. Why yeah. not the hiccups? I guess you're one of the yeah. lucky ones. I am. I am yeah. indeed. 
And look so at anyway, the- I mean, I know a lot of people watch this movie because there's a lot of recognition of like the whole family shows up and you want to have a great Christmas for everyone. And there's all this pressure on you to make it perfect and everything goes wrong. And mostly I just look at that, you know, fucking Christmas Michigas and I just, ah, fucking Goyesha nonsense. <laughs> right. It's- I am, I am laughing at people trying to goddamn hard for Christmas. Yes. You, I believe Putting you said themselves through all this nightmare, all this stress and all that. And it's like, dude, fucking cares you said you previously you like laughing at all the pressure the gentiles put on themselves Mm -hmm. for almost no reason Mm -hmm. and that you don't have to go through that at all you lucky devil and i I still don't i still don't feel that at all i have a little bit of it now because you know i had to go marry a shagus and now i've got christian (laughs) in-laws uh nominally christian in-laws but they love christmas and they're and they're really good about it and they're very giving and wonderful generous people and so like i have to buy them presents now and it's it's, it's like i have that i have like five percent of the stress that everyone else gets Mm. and even that is too much and and just i want to note the cast real quick because it's chevy chase and beverly d'angelo returning as the role of the 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 griswold mom and dad but like uh holy shit everyone else in this like jesus i looked at there's a dvd out and there's a commentary without chevy chase but it has johnny galecki beverly d'angelo and randy quaid I think before oh, the craisoning. Yes. Um, but when he got really into craisins. Before, and maybe even before <laughs> he got the sequel. Because again, this is hard for me to classify. There's a straight to video sequel, Christmas mm. Vacation 2. Right. Uncle, starring just Uncle Eddie that I, I will not watch. No. And, uh, but it has Jamie Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, Juliet Lewis, Johnny Galecki, John Rudolph, Diane Ladd, E.G. Marshall, uh, yeah. Miriam Flynn, William Hickey, May Ketzel. The voice of Betty Boop and Olive Oil and one, uh, Sam McMurray and Julie Louise Dreyfus as the next door neighbors. Holy shit! And Brian Doyle Murray as the big bad boss. Which, mm. uh, yes, if you don't remember, leads to one of my favorite fucking Christmas freakouts in history. And I, oh, I'm yeah. gonna try it. I want to see if this should play on cable unedited. It really should. It should be just as shocking <laughs> as it was to hear in theaters when Clark realizes he's not getting his Christmas bonus. His boss is getting him Jelly of the Month Club memberships mm-hmm. instead. Right. And I, this is the final straw of a bad Christmas. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> Still makes it. <laughs> I do like the where's the Tylenol at the end. Yes. It really adds a flavor of dadness it's, to it's, it. I, I've always wanted to do a Laser Time episode about my our favorite cursing takes. And Ooh. like Chevy Chase's mm. holy shit at the end there is, I can't recreate it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's wonderfully authentic. <laughs> it's pretty great. And I've never, I've never had that before, even though my mother confided in me this mm-hmm. year that she almost had a nervous breakdown last Christmas and that I, my, my sister and I would need to become more adults yeah. into christmas and that's like, right. yeah no problem I, she just never asked and like yeah i don't know like i'm not gonna make anything but i'll i'll, <laughs> sure. I'll try and buy whatever you need yeah um, i've taken over the mantle just... of the christmas entertaining in our family um and 
I <laughs> bitch about it, but mm -hmm. then I also kind of enjoy it. And I realize it's actually better because it's my house. Mm -hmm. uh, I could put on my stretchy pants whenever I want to. It's true. Uh, and I can uh, drink all the wine if I want to and get yeah. super drunk. She's got stretchy pants that say Noggy on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am. Um, oof. I'm sorry, y'all. I hate this movie oh, so Oh, really? Much. Why? <laughs> it stresses me out too much mm. and for exactly the reasons that diana said that it just shows like oh christmas it's too much it's too over the top you you put too much pressure on it you know trying to make it perfect ruins everything and i 100 percent agree with that sentiment which is why i don't enjoy it watching it because it's it's stressful but, but and chaotic. You, you, you and your own... Everyone's awful but I think... to each other. <laughs> so there's two things. I like that Diana and likes especially it. Especially the neighbors who I 100% 100% identify with Julia Louis-Dreyfus in this. And I don't, I don't think that. that should come as a surprise. I feel like there have been several movies over the years that I have identified with the square in the movie yeah. or the one who's trying to ruin everyone's well, you, fun. You've already claimed Elaine as your Patronus. Truly. So, truly. So that all makes sense. She is my my person. But um, but yeah, and thinking about a Christmas movie that we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. just a couple weeks ago, Prancer, this is like the anti-Prancer. Mm. Like, it's just crass and um, materialistic and in a way, does not age well. I mean, the freak out is based on the fact that this dude can't get his pool. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's based on something similar to this we'll talk about in a few days, the Simpsons mm -hmm. uh, premiere. The idea of a Christmas bonus, I have had one in my life. Yeah. One time, it was a mug. Yeah. Oh. And, and so I don't, I don't know what that's like, but like it, it, entertainment from this year, like, really? You were given like a make or break amount of money as a Christmas bonus from a company? Did that used to happen? So that does well, happen. So much of this problem is, well, it, it's, it's his own fault. Mm -hmm. it's, it's that he is betting on this Christmas bonus that he's already spent. Mm. It's all his fucking fault. Right. As usual, Clark is his own worst enemy. Yeah. It does seem like bad budgeting. But yeah. but I also speculated Diana likes this movie because you know if you if if you don't celebrate Christmas mm -hmm. you might still like the Griswolds and this is the third Griswold movie they all did very well and uh, the, they took a four year break mm -hmm. in between a uh, vacation and European vacation but yeah it stands to reason pe people who don't celebrate Christmas might have gone to see this movie I mm -hmm. think that's fucking nuts yeah that's true more more so than any other Christmas movie I can think of yeah because uh, it was I literally and they don't I go anywhere. <laughs> What what Christmas movies have I seen in the theater? And I can only think of this Home Alone and Muppets Christmas Carol. I was going to say Home Alone is probably a pretty good bet because, I mean, it is a Christmas movie, but mm -hmm. Christmas isn't the point of the movie, yeah. is it? Right. Yes, it is. Is it? It's the finale yeah. of the movie. I don't know. I w yes. Christmas is a main theme in Home, Home Alone. It's a main. Faux show. It's a main theme, but it's not the point. That movie could be made. It ends with Kevin... We will talk. We have a, whole, a year to talk for me to talk about this for forty okay, minutes. Okay. But I think that the, the, the connection that's that's funny Anything is that this is talk about this, this is based on a short story by John Hughes, right? Just like the original Vacation, uh, which he said he didn't want to write another one, but like, oh, I did write a story that is similar to what Vacation was based mm -hmm. on for National Lampoon's magazine, which hasn't existed in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And Chris Columbus was supposed to direct it, but couldn't get along with Chevy Chase. Yeah. So John Hughes is like, "Don't worry, I have another Chris." I forget that John. There are two movies that air constantly on Christmas that John Hughes wrote. Mm. His 
His yeah. family must look forward to checks every single November. Holy yeah. shit. For real. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That he wrote Home Alone and Christmas Vacation within one year of one another. That is pretty that's astounding. <laughs> I can't even, I mean, other than Rankin Bass, I can't think yeah. of anybody else that's that associated with Christmas as a writer. And, uh, Truly. And, yeah. John Hughes. John Hughes, baby. And, uh, oh, and I, Charles I, Dickens. I think. And, well, <laughs> well, what's his second one? <laughs> oh. yes. He's got the one, and that's really all he the needs. The second Christmas Carol? <laughs> no. No, I just I, I think that's nuts within one year of one another. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty that's astounding. pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh and I, I choose Home Alone over this one, but my dad loves this film. Oh dads love dads this, love this film, film for sure. Because it really gets to the dad frustration. It's mm-hmm. the putting the lights up and it's the I love having in laws you can't stand around mm-hmm. you and if you'd you like know, to see me put more lights up, patreon.com slash laser. You do have some pretty nice lights up right but now. I, I, there's there's one more thing that I want. What? Just a couple snowflakes on the top of the roof. That's that's it. Just a couple bucks. <laughs> Just a couple bucks. We live in a college town. I bet you can find some snowflakes. Ha ha ha. I hate myself. Um, but yeah, it's very dad movie. Maybe that's why I also don't love it is mm-hmm. because it is a dad Christmas movie for sure. The dad energy is very strong. Mm-hmm. This is not my dad. My dad is not a Mine, put, mine either. Yeah, my dad's not a put lights up. Uh, guy or you know he likes his in-laws it, it's just not the vibe of my family so i don't see my family reflected in that Me which neither. is fine that doesn't mean that's why i don't like it mm-hmm. but it doesn't help i always thought that made it funnier just like the simpsons like our mm-hmm. family's nothing like this mm-hmm. we all get along yep. pretty okay except for grandma talking to that invisible saint Ugh, just ignore <laughs> it she's gone now <laughs> She's, <laughs> now she's hanging out with that saint now. Right. Exactly. She better hope so. I hope she. I hope she pushed her chips to the right. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Uh, but but uh, yeah, like this has so much going on. Like I always forget about like oh, there's like a 20 minute like sledding sequence that I can't relate to at all. <laughs> That's true. There are a lot of parts to this movie, and I have not revisited it in a long time because mm-hmm. I don't enjoy it. But. Sam and I have a kid that is the right age for this, mm-hmm. I think. And so I may swallow my distaste and we maybe could show it to him. And maybe maybe I, my mind has been changed over the years. I don't know. I'll, I, I'll try it again. But Unlike Home Alone, as the result it of me. its cynicism, it's easier to watch. It holds up a little more. It's not as schmaltzy. What, Home Alone yeah. is? No, this. This. Like, uh, like, oh, no. I find Home Alone much easier to watch. No, no. I think Christmas Vacation, I mean, in terms of like... A modern taste or kids watching mm-hmm. something. This this falls a lot more in line with something they might see on a new TV episode oh, this year. okay. Whereas Home Alone sure. might not. Okay. But uh, So I can see people who hate Christmas stuff, Christmas Vacation might be a breath of fresh air. Because yeah. it's a little little more, but, I don't know, dirty. Yeah, but, but not in the like complete hatred of Christmas nihilism like mm. 90% of Bad Santa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where it's like, no, Christmas itself is not the problem. The problem is these people putting so much effort right. into making something perfect that will never be perfect. Mm-hmm. And they should know this from the beginning based on who their freaking relatives are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Cousin Eddie shows up unannounced, but once Cousin Eddie shows up, you need to just give up. It is not going to be a perfect Christmas. He's mm-hmm. going to bring a dog that's got some sort of weird skin thing. And he's going to walk around with beer just attached to his belt. I love that Like shit. a gun in a holster. That's love very that clever. Shit. And he's going to stand outside in his bathrobe dumping shit down the storm drain that is going to blow up your, your great uncle. It, it is, the, re- is the return of Cousin Eddie and that beer loop thing, I believe. Mm. Yep. He did that before. Cousin Eddie is like my worst nightmare when i imagine that i am like hosting family like if that showed up 
I would possibly <laughs> just go check into a hotel. I, I just wish yeah. – it, I have it little to no tolerance. so hard for me to stand up on the internet that. and explain how Randy Quaid could save a movie for me <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Major League Two, Caddyshack Two. Like he, that mother he was a quick change. Quantity. That motherfucker makes makes me Day. laugh so much. Mm-hmm. And then and then the last time I saw him was fucking his wife with a picture of Ru- Rupert Murdoch taped on the back of her head. Like, what happened to you, Randy Quaid? Yeah. Read about his descent into madness. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Very sad. <laughs> it's, it's very strange. But he rocks that Dickie and sweater look, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the best sort of just subtle jokes. That I, I've never really noticed before. And I just love that he's wearing this white sweater with no shirt on with a red dicky under it that you very clearly see the outline of. <laughs> that is true. I do. If you recall, nobody my... says anything. It's just there for you to enjoy. <laughs> if you recall, I believe my ex went as Cousin Eddie for Halloween she like did. three years and ago. The second I opened the door, I saw it. I went, shitter's full. And she went, shitter's full. It's <laughs> a good costume. I don't know how she pulled it, it out of her ass. It's a great costume. Yeah. Well, all you need is a white bathrobe and, you know, like a. A winter hat. No, I'm, I'm only saying because she only did this a couple times where, like, uh, I didn't even know what she was going to be until the last second. Like, mm-hmm. how did you do that? And you didn't help at all with, like, mm-hmm. any ideas for my costume. Mm-hmm. God damn it. <laughs> and I uh, won the prize because mm-hmm. it was just that good. Good costume. Yep. But, yeah, Christmas Vacation has, has, has made its way into, I, I would say, some of the, I don't know, the few modern classics that were released in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. And, yep. I, and I never would have thought that would have been the case because I don't mm-hmm. remember – I seriously only remember, like, the hiccups are back and they won't stop and I'm so miserable. When is this going to end? And I don't remember Johnny Galecki being this at all. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> no, he's such a baby. He's mm-hmm. so tiny. Mm-hmm. Michael didn't believe me when I said, like, oh, hey, it's, you know, Johnny Galecki from Big Bang Theory and Roseanne and stuff. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, look man. it up, bitch. They got him on the commentary before they couldn't anymore. So I'm guessing that commentary is, like, 10 years old. It's a big Christmas year for him because he was also in Prancer. Wow. Goddamn Johnny Galecki. He's yeah. everywhere. Wow. I know. And she, well, I, I mean, I recommend, I recommend the movie, but it's, it's like I never have to seek it out. It mm-hmm. just appears in my, oh, in front of my eyes. It's everywhere. So, it's ubiquitous. Yeah. But I that, was shocked, though. Not easy to find streaming. Yeah, I don't doubt it. It seems like, yeah, it seems like Directv has a lockdown on that. I think it's rentable, but usually, like, I use, I go through so many streaming apps to try to find stuff, so mm-hmm. you know, so I can recommend it and. Usually one of the a movie like this will pop up on USA or TNT. It'll be in heavy rotation. Like I can't, I was having trouble finding it. Hmm. Yeah, I actually. I mean, it's going to be on the schedule somewhere. I actually think if, if I cause it sucked. You didn't know I wrote a I wrote a Christmas blog for like five years and all about Christmas based entertainment because I love that piss. I think there's going to be a weird shift the same way like millennials had ducked out of baseball. Mm-hmm. Like the the movies Netflix has like the Grinch stole Christmas is not a Christmas classic to me and I'm sure it is for other people. <gasps> But Wait, like the card, oh, sorry, the movie, the uh, cartoon for sure. I was going the to cartoon say, that airs yeah. on television exclusively and is yes. like hard to watch anywhere else. The movie, which is on Netflix, which the means live action, the live action yeah. one, and the animated one, which means younger people for the, throughout the next couple of years will probably watch that more than they'll ever see Christmas Vacation. So these will these movies will I don't know if younger people are even going to see these anymore. Oh yeah, I mean I remember a Christmas story. Another Christmas movie I mm-hmm. do not care for being. Oh, ev- I don't know why we talk to you about this. I stuff. know, right? Good I'm Lord. a nightmare. <laughs> um, being everywhere, and now I feel like probably most people. If you don't have cable, a year you will or two not younger than it. me will have never seen it. Yeah, you will not. You will not have seen it unless you have cable. Yeah, but usually I'd like to think you're at a house with cable. 
up until the, the last couple of years that in this place 24 probably, hours probably probably yeah you're at a grandparent's house or a and i, I want to say house. i want to say they tried that with christmas vacation on tnt mm-hmm. a 24 hour marathon on mm-hmm. christmas mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is just oddly satisfying it really is mm-hmm. Because I can jump into that kind of anywhere, and I will always revert back to watching that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like I'm probably wrong on this because Mm -hmm. so many other people like it. And I do like, as an exercise, if I don't like a thing, I do like Mm -hmm. to revisit it Mm -hmm. every now and then to see if I've changed I call it the coleslaw principle. Mm Oh, very good, mm-hmm. very good. I, I know exactly what you mean by that. Yes, I don't. It's it's like it's like gay sex. I I don't love it right. or prefer it, but right. I don't hate it enough to like have it. Why would anybody like this? Like this is just not for me. But every once in a while, I got oh, like, why? That's how I feel about most things I don't like. Yeah, I oh. thought you meant the coleslaw principle, and that like as a child, I thought a mayonnaise based <laughs> cabbage salad is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then I went through and I liked it, and then I realized, no, 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 this is just a mayonnaise salad again. Yes. You go in phases of coleslaw. Right. I feel like I have to try it like every every six months. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, is this for me? No, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, and okay, all right. So let's move on to the television, nineteen eighty nine, which is. No less interesting. Well, mm. maybe. Uh, maybe. Our national nightmare is over uh, the week of <laughs> November 29th <laughs> through December 5th because the Smurfs has its finale, air quotes. Um, we did a Laser Time episode that I really loved about animated endings that mattered for the few animated shows that knew they were getting – they were finishing up. And for most kids shows, that never happened. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think Gargamel bakes a pizza. That's what happens. After nine seasons, mm-hmm. and not, like, nine seasons of ten episodes, like, nine seasons of, like, 20 to 30 episodes of the Smurfs. The Smurfs would run for two hours some Saturdays on NBC. Not to mention beloved toy lines and merchandise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it was everywhere. Yeah, I had Smurf shrinky dinks. I don't know why yeah. I remember that so vividly. Yeah. But uh, even I was in the Smurfs until I sort of wasn't. And, and, and we did a, also did a laser time last year with the uh, Gen X Grown Up guys about the death of Saturday morning. And part I didn't realize they tried to retool the Smurfs this year. That the, mm. the Smurfs would just go back in time through different instances of time or like visit dinosaurs and shit. Like they were trying to retool what? it to make it work again. At the same time, their NBC is releasing Saved by the Bell. So the uh, Smurfs gets canceled because uh-huh. NBC is now like... Man, animation is expensive, and kids are growing up and don't seem to care about it, and would rather watch Zach Morris. Mm-hmm. I don't know, be an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it is. It is officially canceled and has nothing, no real finale. It had seven primetime specials, none of which came after this. So like, I the demand wasn't there either. So wow. whenever I see the Smurfs movie, I'm like, who wants this man? Yeah. I'm the only one who's revisited the show, and it's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. Oh, uh, but on uh, the second. Oh, I should have gotten something from that. But I did want to mention the 13th annual Young Comedian Special, which is something I wish they still did. Yeah. Um, featuring... A bunch of old comedians now. We, we only, yes. <laughs> These are the young comedians, by the way. Uh, only one of which is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake Sather. Uh, Fred Stoller is still with us, as is Ray Romano and Andy Kindler. And it's reported uh, Dennis Miller, the host, demanded David Spade be on this one because he'd been rejected for the previous five. Wow. <laughs> and, and he was kind of getting dicked over on SNL, like... I love his story. He's doing this weird thing with Dana Carvey where he, mm-hmm. he, he plays Dana Carvey's stand-in. Oh, I get to pee Ross Perot. Like, no, no. You put on the ears. Dana Carvey's playing both in the wide shots. You oh, can wow. play this character. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and then we'll cut to a tape version of more Carvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he, David Spade got a shot. And I remember seeing this, uh, actually. So uh, yeah, the Young Comedian Special used to be the super 
awesome thing, and almost everyone on it ended up becoming hugely famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, speaking of Camity, on the second, uh, John Goodman. Yeah. And John Goodman. On SNL. A young, baby-faced, fresh-faced, slightly sweaty John Goodman. John Goodman. <laughs> in his first SNL hosting. Yeah. And like... I think beyond other than Steve Martin, he met the he made the Five Timers Club very fast. He mm-hmm. hosted every year, mm-hmm. uh, starting here until he hit Five Times. Because I think Will Ferrell just hit it. I love the, I love SNL. Yeah, well, he's so cute in it too. I watched the monologue, and you can tell how excited he is. And he's like his mo- his wife is there. He had mm-hmm. just got married, and he points her out, and they pan to her in the audience. I'm pretty sure it's actually her. It's real. It's not yeah, like I Tina Fey in a wig. Yeah, and his brother is there, and he's like, "Look, my brother and my <laughs> wife and my brother's wife." And it's just like, okay, <laughs> hi. <laughs> like they're in the balcony, so they're obviously like not plants, you know, like. I don't know. It was just very adorable. But then I pulled a he, Wayne... he apparently oh. auditioned for SNL before That's he got Roseanne and didn't yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's so good at it. I, or he, I don't know. John Goodman is very good at it, but he's also game for anything, mm-hmm. and I love that about it. Well, that's bit mm-hmm. that's he's Dan Savage uh, puts it good giving and game. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sure in a different context. Yes. But mm-hmm. I pulled a uh, the Wayne's World clip just because Ooh. it's just fun. We haven't really talked about Wayne's World in a little while, mm-hmm. and they're doing their end of the year movie recap with their reviews. And oh, sweet! I just it <laughs> oh, was so just happy. delightful. So they talk about a lot of the movie. Every movie they talk about, we've talked about, and I oh, like. So let's see their reviews compared to ours. <laughs> Probably shorter. <laughs> yeah. Let's recap. All right. Okay. Back to the Future Two. We both liked. Steel Magnolias, we both thought sucked. It was a chick movie. Val Mall, both didn't see. Uh, the Bear, uh, while Garth thought it sucked, I thought it sucked donkeys. Right? All Dogs Go to Heaven, yeah, right? Garth thought as if. All right, Prancer, I kind of liked. Not. Garth thought it sucked big time. Crimes and Misdemeanors, I found alienating and pristine. Garth, on the other hand, thought it sucked. And finally, Batman. Excellent. He shoots, he scores. Garth, Garth thought mega excellent. Okay, there we have it. I had a, I had a. How fun! I had a mind blowing <laughs> thought the other day. Uh-huh. How similar Wayne's World <laughs> looks like every YouTube channel <laughs> happening right now, <laughs> with catchphrases, a character wearing. The name of his YouTube channel on his head. Yeah, <laughs> selling Look, merchandise. We can all catch phrases. I'm. Gonna, we're going to recap all the movies. That, like, and then I'm like, why? Holy shit! Every you, kid's YouTube channel is Wayne's World. Like, oh, because it's public access. Yeah. All YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Majority of YouTube is just a public access show. Meaning there was always a taste for public access. People just couldn't find shit. Wayne and Garth were our Same. first influencers. Mike Myers is is brilliant. <laughs> is is brilliant. He he made the first YouTube sketch for something that we didn't even know existed. Right. Uh, Wayne's World is the template for most for ninety percent of YouTube Just channels. People giving their opinions. Why should we care? My next we guest don't. is my brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> we're watching it. Shit like that. Yeah. And I will always say, Wayne's World is the only movie I've ever seen with the character wearing the title of the movie on his hat. <laughs> I don't know of any other movie where that happens. Ooh. It's like Terry Bogard from two? Fatal Fury. <laughs> Maybe Godfather 3. I just kind of imagined um, Bill Paxton wearing a hat that says Titanic when he's 
in that, in that, that could have happened. Submarine? No, it didn't happen, but it could have. It could have happened. Uh, and and then on the third, the Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. Yeah. Do these still happen, or does the Hallmark yes. keep everything on its own channel? Oh, it's all on channel now. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah, I don't think it happens on network television. Who knows? I'm not watching it. It is. So. It is. I meant to look into it, like how did Hallmark become so synonymous with Christmas? That's crazy. Oh, I, I know. I assume they did something else before that, but even I don't think about them until Christmas. And I lo- I love Christmas ornaments, and there there's only one this year that I want. Oh, there's a Woody from Toy Story one that's excellent. Where he's like rappelling as the Christmas ornament. Like, that's like the Batman one I want. That's awesome. I'm just imagining you getting the Hallmark Christmas ornament (laughs) catalog in the mail, laying on your bed with your fist under your chin and your legs swinging back and forth. The same way way you read Tiger Beat or The New Yorker or whatever you were doing. Both of those, actually. (laughs) Reader's Digest, actually. But thank you. Uh, but yeah, on the third was the Hallmark Hall of Fame movie, The Shell Seekers, starring Angela Lansbury. Oh my goodness. Yes. Somewhere inside, I, I still feel like a little girl. A woman with treasured memories. Oh, I used to collect shells like that when I was a child. That's what the sea reminds me of. Some special sort of happiness. A mother with troubled children. You have so much going for you. Why do you always want me? You could have fortune hanging in your house, Mother, and we didn't know. They're much too valuable anymore to keep. Like the paintings are mine. I must decide what I'm going to do with it. It's just 30 seconds in, and all she's doing is like, I'll tell you how to live in yes. 10 seconds. Gently Every of my family. admonishing her children <laughs> who are churlish and insubordinate churlish. to start. To steal her from Keen Peel. Can't get over yeah. how long she's been an old lady. The Shell Seekers is yep. a television movie mm-hmm. based on a novel by Rosamund Pilcher. <laughs> Rosamund okay. Pilcher, the most... Is she British? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with yeah, <laughs> probably. Sure. Um, but it's notable mainly to me because I read that book when I was in middle school because I was hanging out with my grandma a lot at the time, and it is very old lady. But basically, she is a, uh older woman who's looking back on her adventurous life, and then she's Ooh. seeking more as an older woman, so she goes on some travels. But I think it's also notable because the book, when it came out in 1987, was a New York Times bestseller number one for 30 weeks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so this is a very, very popular book that got turned into a pretty popular television movie mm-hmm. and then also like got adapted into a screen or a stage play. Mm-hmm. And then I think again in 2006, they did another TV movie really? of it again. A book that I feel like I'm probably the only person within the reach of my voice that has heard of it. But <laughs> it's a big deal. If you work in TV, I'd love to know... Because like there'd be these TV movie events, mm-hmm. and there wouldn't really be a home video follow up. Mm-hmm. Were the commercials worth more? Like people are going to tape the shit out of this. They're going to take the shit of the shell, she- she- the shell seekers <laughs> from the seashore, and watch it all year long. Yeah, uh, maybe. So, yes, if you want to get your laser disc, <laughs> I don't know what was coming out in 1989. Mm. I actually do because mm-hmm. the video games of 1989. Mm. Uh, not oh. really, because there's Before- not. Well, before we go to video games, you should know Hallmark Hall of Fame is still on the air. Yes, it's now on the Hallmark Channel. And that makes it the longest-running primetime series in history. Wow. Okay. It debuted as Hallmark Television Playhouse in 1951. Okay, that's pretty old. Cool. (laughs) I was going to say... And the first episode was A Mall and the Night Visitors, which Uh, is now sort of... uh, It's becoming a Christmas classic for some people. I don't even know what that is. Some people know it. 
Some people don't. Whatever. Well, in games, I, there's, there's, I, I couldn't find any games that specifically came out this week, but there was a, a huge New York Times article about Nintendo just because, like, it was at that time where either you had one or you didn't, but you heard of it and, like, this is something every kid is into. And the New York Times reported a projected $2.7 billion in video game sales for Nintendo, Whoa. and they control 80% of the wow. total market, which That's... is absolute. no matter what you think about Steam or iOS or PS4, nobody has anywhere close to 80% of the market mm-hmm. in 1989 in America, and Nintendo did. Uh, and that's incredible, especially if you know the percentages they take from any video game sold. <laughs> like, holy shit. Man, they took so much money from things they didn't even make. Anyway, uh, music of 1989, Blame It on the Rain, still number one by Millie Vonilli. But we also have new releases from Sabotage. That's the greatest name I've never heard of. <laughs> uh, including their album, Gutter Ballet. Uh, we have Speaking of Dreams by Joan Baez and Change the Weather by Underworld. I had no idea they existed that long. But Christmas Vacation by Mavis Staples from National Lampoon. That's what we'll be closing out with. I believe co-written by Randy Newman. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I and actually didn't look up that part. I just want to know, okay, whose voice is that? Because it's not Darlene Love, but it's someone Darlene Love adjacent. Yes, it's one and of the Staples sisters. Mavis Staples. I love Mavis Staples. Christmas Vacation. And I, it's how it starts the movie, and you can't forget it. It's got a good opening sequence. Like, let's say goodbye to 1989, but hey, there'll be more 30 2010 when we return for 1999. So stay right there. Let's go get the homes and light the lights Get a toasty fire burning bright You'll sit with the warmest welcome that he's ever had We're so glad it's Christmas vacation Let me see I very rarely wish I could sing, but I the the, the note of yeah in the thong song, I want to scream all the time. It is the most triumphant moment in music in 1999, as as far as I'm concerned. The thong song by Cisco off Unleash the Dragon. I forget what was the band that Cisco was in that he was he was going solo on. They were already kind of famous, right? That see, no one remembers. No one remembers. Why do I always say Hill? Is involved? Drew Hill? Is it Drew Hill? Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. Because they got, like completely went away. If it is mm-hmm. Drew Hill, he, I yes, want Drew Hill. five dollars. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you won five dollars. Yeah. You won five dollars. Why I don't know. do I know that? <laughs> I don't know. It is uh, not good. But uh, ooh, this song was everywhere. And the reign yes. of terror of songs really was You're not, not a thong fan? <laughs> Are you? Yes. I'm Have a guy. you worn one? No, it's not the point. The point is taking them off with your it's face. It's two different experiences, <laughs> if you ask me. I wouldn't know. I think it's great. I think it's liberating. Sure. <laughs> yes. Sure, yes. <laughs> I, I say as a very enlightened person who likes to masturbate. Um, but <laughs> I can't help. I can't not like this song. I don't know if it's, it's just that string, the, the loop yes. of the string. Is there something about that? that just I want that in every song. It's catchy as hail. Yeah, it really is. And the video is really fun. Also, fun to ponder. <laughs> dumps like a truck. What truck? What truck? <laughs> Thighs like what? what? There you go. What? What? <laughs> yeah, dumps. I imagine that's each a, a butt cheek is a dump. 
just get dumped like a trash. That's not normally Otherwise, what I associate dump with. Gross. No. <laughs> <laughs> she she takes regular shits in the huge nasty. <laughs> like trucks. Eating her mucelex now. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, oh, Cisco. Um, but there's also new releases by Rakim. Sorry, you've been overshadowed, even with your album, The Master. As have you, Eiffel 65, with your Europop. Oh, Eiffel 65. No. Oh, Eiffel 65 will be overshadowed by no one once we get into the next year. Oh, no. True. I love that it's forever in Iron Man 3. It, it's it's beautiful. Yep. <laughs> and, they uh, got the timing right on it. It comes out right before Y2K. Right. And uh, yes, Perfect. I have a little bit of news for that. Uh, and then Brett, I'd be remiss because Brett is an, a legit, like, deep Eiffel 65 fan. I think their music is unlistenable. And it just. These seemed... are the blue people, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Ooh, yes. No, thank you. For video game fans, please look up my console because it's like a joke. Like, they're just reading from the phone book. They are just listing the games that they have and auto tuning it to a beat. Resident Evil and Tomb Raider. Like, holy <laughs> shit, that's a real song. It's charted in Europe. <laughs> My console, it's hysterical. It's just a shopping list. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll remember to close out the video game segment uh, for patrons at patreon.com slash later time with the Eiffel 65 song. I already had a, a song pegged uh, for the next segment, but we'll see. Uh, Smooth by Santana featuring Rob, I don't remember, uh, is number one this week. We can't talk about this every week, people. We will. Um, 1999 news, uh, quite a bit, December, uh, like November 29th to December 5th. Uh, oh, God, the Battle of Seattle during the WTO protests. Oh, I remember oh, yeah. I yep. uh, So, yeah, the World Trade Organization is going to have a big old meeting in Seattle, and every fucking lefty in the universe descended on the place, mm-hmm. and it got mm-hmm. ugly real fast. Um, mm-hmm. Look, I was in... SF State at the time, so I knew a ton of people who were involved, and it's the first time I heard the term black block as a, a protest tactic of basically we are a just solid wall of black, and you know, your face is masked, your head is covered, everything, mm. and then if something happens, like you just dissolve back into the crowd. They can't ah. get you. Now, I know of course, what all these protests are about. But for sure. the people who are listening, like <laughs> Antista, yeah, I mean, remind them of what the WTO was and why were people so mad? <laughs> well, people were mad because of exploitive pra- business practices and they wanted labor rights because, hey, we seem to be opening up all these jobs overseas in places like India and China and Indonesia. Isn't that great? World trade is great. No, you're paying them a dollar a day and they live they live and work in terrible places. Also, you're taking jobs away from Americans and stuff. Mm. So this is one of the first, I mean, it was, there've been protests before for things about like international monetary fund and, and WTO before, but this one got big and it got ugly real mm-hmm. fast. There's something like 40,000 people at its height wow. where they just descended. They took over downtown. They started blockading streets and then it started getting violent. Mm-hmm. And that's what got all the attention. Because now I remember it. Yes. All anybody ever saw were people wearing bandanas over their faces, smashing windows. Right. Starbucks windows, specifically. Yes. I yeah. remember oh, that being yeah. the model. Yeah, they're going after bigger corporations. A big deal. Especially Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> I'm always of two minds about this because it's like, well, the violence got people's attention. And luckily, no one got, like, killed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got arrested. And a lot of them ended up suing the Seattle Police Department and getting money for it because wow. they just started arresting, like, anybody they felt like. Wow. Including outside of the protest zone. I'm the so. manager of this Starbucks. <laughs> What's the meaning of this? Sorry. I, I know all Starbucks managers don't have rich accents. 
Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, in Seattle in 99, maybe, maybe actually. Maybe. <laughs> if you had stock. Might be a good yeah. bet. So it's, it's so because, like, when there's violence, it becomes newsworthy, worthy, but then also it makes the protesters look like assholes. And so mm. what came out of it is, in so many ways, people just saying, like, oh, anarchists are violent. Mm-hmm. It's like, n- no, yeah. they were protesting for, like, real things to, like, not exploit third world labor right. was a big part of it and to have like environmental protections and all these international treaties so we don't just ship the pollution over to some other place where they're poor so we don't care so yeah the the net outcome is still kind of up for debate 20 years later sounds like they have the same suburbia pr problems as antifa Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you might agree with what's going on a lot of it's the same tactics and and the the same words Mm -hmm. i mean now when you hear black block they're antifa protesters Mm -hmm. Mm. That's how you deal with, you know, far right organizers or whatever's. Gotcha. Yep. Fun and fun so, news. My cat. Yeah. Uh, and I got in a bunch of arguments back in the day of like, I think you guys are doing a great job, but don't don't wear the freaking bandanas. You look like an old West bad guy. What are you doing? <laughs> and people be like, oh, we have to cover our faces because the FBI is taking pictures of us. And now I'm like, I wish the FBI were taking pictures of me. I feel better at the FBI taking pictures of me than far right extremist groups taking pictures of me. Mm. Hey. Mm. No, I never well, thought I'd be so happy about the FBI. Well, I mean, I don't even worry about my picture taken now because apparently Facebook can tag me whatever it wants because it knows what my facial features are. Oh. Um, and so a little bit of computer news. And this is this is funny because I didn't I don't remember John uh, Kozinen, Koskinen, 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 the official White House Y2K coordinator who is on CNN this week telling them, oh, look, no. there's not going to be a computer. We're sure about that. However, if you people panic, and he said, I quote, if we got a panic, we could, we could create a shortage of all sorts of things as we go forward. Gas, food, pharmaceuticals. So, like, what? by trying to quell a panic, holy shit, can you imagine a white, an official White House member? Like, yeah, we could, you could not have your access to your medication. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Well, first of all, yes, I can imagine that. And mm-hmm. then also, B, ugh. Why? <laughs> Some media training, people. He was, he was like helpful. saying, like, if you panic anyway, right. we're going to get fucked. But well, we're, they were assuring people that nothing's going to happen. Look, everybody knows the best way to make sure people aren't panicking and that they are calm <laughs> is if you sell, tell them, be calm. Here's what Don't panic. panic. This is the worst thing that could happen to you if you panic. So by, <laughs> by Jeeves, be calm. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. Thanks for not cursing. Sure. Um, And then a little bit of uh, a little bit of light computer news. Uh, MGM has hired Sean Fitzgibbons, creator of the Stargate SG One fan site, to revamp the official Stargate One fan site. I like Mm. it when that happens, and I also like mentioning Stargate because I I am tapped into a lot of fan bases, but Mm -hmm. I know nothing about Stargate, and there are like nine spinoffs and board games and books Mm -hmm. and multiple TV series and films, and I know. Nothing about Stargate. Not one thing. I know. All right. Here, I know. <laughs> I yeah. Kitty's I, mad. Kitty's a real big Stargate. Yeah, fan. She's, she's mad. She's still... mad. She, let's talk about Antifa like that. She's uh, she joined last week. I talked that's her down true. from ISIS. Oh well, let's go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, oh, she's one of those Antifa super soldiers I keep hearing about. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And didn't... she's gonna dress up all in black and punch a cop. Already I mean, she's there, basically baby. there. Already there. <laughs> Uh, and then in movies, 1999, Toy Story 2 is wonderfully still number one. Oh, once again, last week's episode, two great sequels mm-hmm. we talked about. But this week, not one less, is a movie that I've never heard of that came <laughs> it's out. A, that's a Shang-Yi <laughs> movie. Um, and it's 
it's interesting politically in that like there's some people who are like this is super pro Chinese government, and then there's just as many people going this is super anti Chinese government. Oh, uh, but it's it's about this kid who's like twelve or thirteen who's a substitute teacher for these uh, even smaller children, and she's basically got to like try to keep them organized and in line, and then one of them uh, has like goes and gets a job to support his family, even though he's like nine, and she's like gonna go get him and save him, and yeah. It's good. Zhang Yimou is one of our greatest filmmakers. Well, it's, Come at me. It, it's just this week my mind was occupied yes. by the debut film of, I think, one of the best music video directors of all time. Oh, of yep. course. Um, you may know him from... And the debut of one of our greatest screenwriters. True. Yes, of the that. last 20 years. Well, I've not seen in a while, but yes. Uh, that'd be Charlie Kaufman, mm-hmm. I think, as, as of Have this point. Have you technically ever seen him? Yes, but I but on I had to seek it out. <laughs> he was uh, I think he did he did some press thing for a Get a Life because at this point he'd written for the Chris Elliott show Get a Life. <laughs> okay. And uh, and somehow went into making this one of the craziest sounding movies ever. I remember the, I first mm-hmm. read a sentence about it like this isn't real, and when I saw the trailer I'm like this looks astonishing. Joan Cusack or John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, Catherine Keener, who I'd never seen before, mm-hmm. and John Malkovich in a movie with his name. Let's see if the trailer says it. Seven and a half, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Discover the funniest comedy of the year. Thank you. Have you done Malkovich yet? Being John Malkovich is a brilliant comic fantasy. There's a tiny door in my office, and it takes you inside John Malkovich. It's jaw-droppingly funny. Someone was talking through my mouth. Two very enthusiastic thumbs up. How was it? It was amazing. Being John Malkovich. I'm out of it. Take this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is a really good job of explaining the movie, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And, and surmising. I mean, it is all... kind of a straightforward. It's one of the most straightforward movies Spike Jones has ever made. Yeah, it, and it is also insane. Yeah, and it's so simple to understand, and mm-hmm. you'll get it in like five seconds, and there's nothing. I don't know. There's nothing to learn. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> It just is. Mm-hmm. No, no. I don't think there's anything to learn per yeah. se, but there's a lot to ponder. Yes. And it, oh, it yeah. involves John Cusack getting a job on the seventh and a half floor. Mm-hmm. You have to open an elevator with a crowbar and crouch down because yes. it's a floor cut oh, in half to save all money. All those scenes just make my back hurt because he is like, <laughs> I mean, everyone is just like hunched over. But just in terms of practical set design for something I'll remember forever. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And this oh, is like absolutely. Mike Jones' debut. And it, and he finds a portal that somehow spits him into John Malkovich's head for, was it seven minutes? Fifteen minutes? Fifteen uh, minutes. And then dumps him on the side of the Jersey Turnpike. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I just know so okay. much about this movie because I, I read, I, I devoured mm-hmm. the DVD, which is a, one of those great, right, right when DVDs right. are coming out. I, I should mention that just because there's nowhere else to. Mm-hmm. I found a physical copy of Disney's 1999 financial report. <laughs> like okay. for people for stockholders and uh-huh. I've been like pouring through it it's like we just acquired go.com and we've branched into DVDs we've released three DVDs <laughs> Disney is, oh, is entering the DVD market and they're wow. we're gonna build this California thing in California we don't know what it's called but it'll be in California it's gonna be an adventure of it'll some be an adventure kind of some we kind. don't know yet <laughs> anywho but DVDs are so new and I'm looking at the DVDs and like I remember those and they were tough to buy because they mm-hmm. were like 40 dollars Mm-hmm. with not so much as a theatrical trailer, like no special features, nothing. And the John Malkovich DVD came out in hat. There's a, an entire documentary about Hollywood background driving. 
Mm. That like for those scenes on the turnpike that uh-huh. they had to get like a fleet of like 30 drivers to drive forward and backwards wow. to film those scenes next yes. to the highway. And yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. that. And it's, it's multiple cameras. It's a great little documentary. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> there's, awesome. There's also a do- that I think is fake is Spike Jones interviewed and nervous until he vomits on camera and runs out of the car. Oh, yeah, that's I believe fake. it's fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it's on the DVD. Kind of it used to be kind of famous in a pre-internet world. It's an Easter egg. You had to find it. I mean, so just – even starting about looking at this movie mm-hmm. visually, the mm-hmm. DVD art is perfect. Yeah. Like the cover art, the poster that you always see for this is perfect. Is it them staring through the hole? Yeah, and it's Malkovich's head. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right there. Okay. <laughs> and and they're staring through the little doorway and their expressions on their faces are just like perfect for those characters. And then mm-hmm. everyone's costuming is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so perfect. Everybody looks... The hair and makeup is so good. Other than so Catherine perfect. Keener, no one looks... Cameron Diaz and John Cusack are sort of unrecognizable. Oh, they're just yeah. totally schlubby. They're yeah. just like, you know, kind of sad, down and out <laughs> type of people. Cameron John- Diaz has my hair. Oh, uh, <laughs> it may be even more so insane. Oh, it hurts for me to look at. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. And John Mal- yeah. or, um, John Cusack plays a puppeteer who is not successful and mm-hmm. is making uh, erotic <laughs> puppet shows on the street that gets him punched. Really by great opening parents. sequence. Wonderful. I love it. It's so good. It's not even like it's an erotic puppet show, but it's it's Eloise and Eloise and Abelard, mm-hmm. which is a story that is told through people exchanging letters. So he found it's the least mobile. It's like having a puppet show might do with Andre. Yes, I know. Oh, it's so, I don't know. I can't say enough good things about this movie. I was so delighted to watch it again. It had been several years. So Mm -hmm. I first, I know that I've talked about this. I think when we're talking about Fight Club. Mm Mm-hmm. But I first watched this movie at Nerd Camp in my philosophy of the self class. Mm-hmm. They showed this movie to us, <sighs> which, Brilliant. duh, this is like the perfect movie for that, of course, because, you know, to steal something from another movie I love, how am I not myself? How mm-hmm. am I myself? Like, you just can't, when you talk about going inside someone's brain and, and being able to see through their eyes and, and experience their, the same sensory feelings that they're feeling but not be able to control them mm-hmm. and not hear their thoughts. What? Who's the you here? Right. Who's the me here? So that, that's then, how it is in the beginning because you just right. travel into the real man, John Malkovich playing mm-hmm. himself. Which is You brilliant. travel into his head and see from his eyes. And again, the funny through line is everyone, I loved you as that jewel thief. Mm-hmm. I never played a jewel thief. <laughs> <I'm> like, like, <laughs> You, like you keep expecting, like, oh, it's going to be exciting, and one guy gets in there and he's just ordering towels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that's it. He's ordering towels from a catalog on the phone. Yeah, and Cameron Diaz gets addicted exciting. to it. So Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz goes in, and she starts. She when she first zooms in, he's in the shower, mm-hmm. and so she's like soaping up. She can feel Trying him. Out that Malchevich dick. Yeah. So, and she's like really in. Oh, I love it. She's like really into it. And then when she gets spat back out, she almost immediately goes to John Cusack and is like, "I think I'm trans. Like, yeah. I, I, this has changed my life. I feel very different now. Mm-hmm. There's some." And she even talks to him about going to a doctor to go through the transition, mm-hmm. a gender transition, because it was like such a eye-opening experience for her and that was like revelatory for me to watch because she presents so feminine 
in the movie. Like mm-hmm. when we first meet her, she's just like, you know, very high pitch. She's got a very high pitched voice and she's very caring and loving. She's taking care of John Cusack, who's kind of a jerk. And she's like caring for all these animals. Their house is mm-hmm. also full of animals inexplicably, um, like mm. a, ch- a chimpanzee. I hope and this is all making it sound as weird and wonderful as it, it is. It, it is phenomenal. It's... And so then, so, but then he also has a coworker, Kath, played by Catherine mm-hmm. Keener, who is the coolest women, woman on earth, I think. Like <laughs> I'd never seen her before, I, but she's she... Satan. The, oh, the first you time. You could see her as literally the devil. <laughs> yeah. And this movie yeah. makes sense. Well, yeah. And I, when I first saw this movie, I, I, again, was a real revelation for me because I was like, I cannot tell if I want to be with this woman forever or be this woman <laughs> like <laughs> Catherine Keener really her character in this movie really had a huge influence on me in my young life as an adolescent oh dear. girl um just her like whole vibe very very into it and then so Sarah has to leave early to go hypnotize young black men and steal their bodies after this so I mean <laughs> if I'm going through all the roles that's when I was hoping to avoid <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to be perfectly honest. You want to marry Steve Carell? Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally yeah. down for that. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll have to get in line. But mm-hmm. um, but then, <laughs> so uh, Lottie, who is the character that Cameron Diaz plays, she also falls in love with Catherine Keener. And mm-hmm. so now both John Cusack and... His husband and wife are in love with the same both, woman. Yes, are both in love with her. Right. And she... she only, so then Catherine... She only wants to be with John Malkovich. Yeah. Well... Yes. When Cameron Diaz is inside. When Cameron Diaz is inside of John Malkovich. Mm -hmm. And then John Malkovich is inside of Catherine Keener. And it's a weird (laughs) Russian nesting doll situation (laughs) of humans. I don't know. It is so bizarre. It is so funny. Mm -hmm. Like the, especially the first couple of scenes where he's like going to his job interview at this mysterious corporation where he finds this door. The, The assistant played by Mary Kay Place yeah. She has in something where she does not understand when, what people's words are. So she's constantly misinterpreting what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And I am literally laughing out loud during all of these scenes. They are so sweet and so funny. I don't know. Yep. Someone else can talk for a little bit because I am just yes. over the moon on this movie. Yeah. So this is I, I'm the same way where it's like I saw this a bunch of times a while, but it's been a while since I watched it. So I rewatched it. And yeah, I've forgotten so much about the early parts of the movie with yeah, very Kate Place as always getting words wrong. And then her boss, Orson Bean, who's actually in love with her, mm-hmm. thinking that he must have a speech impediment. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. She's always hearing the wrong things from him. Yes. Damn so this speech impediment of mine. And he thinks no one else can understand him. I also love the scene with uh, John Cusack guessing someone's name. I've yeah. always wanted to try that in real life. <laughs> Just make sounds until you see some kind of recognition of the person. Aha, I got the syllable. Yep. It's so Yeah, but but rewatching it because I remember back in ninety nine, yeah, I also read that this movie was coming out and I told a friend of mine who's a fan of John Malkovich, she refused to believe me. It it doesn't (laughs) seem real. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound real. And it turns out like Charlie Kaufman wrote this without knowing Malkovich at all. It's not like they're buddies and yeah. he's writing him a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just, but it's, he's an interesting actor that people know, but they don't know that much about. It's right. kind of intriguing. 
He does weird stuff. Maybe he'll go for it. And then he fucking does. Yeah. Of course he does. And, and almost none of it has to do with anything real about John Malkovich. I think it's revealed at the end no. his best friend is Charlie Sheen. Yes. I, yes. I, okay, if you say so. Totally if you say for, so, movie. I totally forgot about that part until it came up. And then I was like, what the fuck? Charlie Sheen yeah. is in this? Yeah. Balding, it's, which he didn't do. It truly shows Charlie Kaufman's genius that he realized, no, John Malkovich is the perfect weirdo for this. Yeah. Because he's not... Yeah. The experience of John Malkovich, because, you know, heretofore he was just really just known as like a, a stage actor. He was in some actor. indie stuff, but he you wasn't like... You may have seen him in the, in the line of fire. Valmont. Like, mm-hmm. But he's not like being stalked by paparazzi yeah. every day, you know? <laughs> and, and so when they were trying to sell this movie, the executive... I think the direct quote was, why being John Malkovich, why not being Tom Cruise? Yeah. Because they were, why this guy? Why would you pick this guy? <laughs> because it's the perfect it guy. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't understand why it's the perfect his, his person, name is more then you don't understand the than movie. His roles, maybe? At this point, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, he, he helped. He, he's known to a certain person who will go see this movie in the theater because mm-hmm. he founded Steppenwolf Theater. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's he's definitely known to a, a certain set of mm-hmm. people. And then I think post this movie, he had a whole different experience probably of fame. I really think it's interesting, too, that the time limit that someone gets to be inside of his head is 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Until you get it's a like puppeteer 15... who's a professional and can grab on and... Right. Mm. But up until then, I mean, just like the 15 minutes of fame, mm. you get 15 minutes of experiencing mm. a little bit of celebrity privilege, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But nothing too crazy or mm. exciting. A real stars, they're just like us sort of situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... No, rewatching though, so many things jumped out of me. I I remember that John Cusack was a sad sack. I did not realize. Oh, he's a piece of shit yes. from the beginning. Yeah, he's a terrible person, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to watch him go in different kinds of being terrible for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Catherine Keener is kind of Satan. Mm-hmm. She's ah yeah, she just she enjoys using people. Mm-hmm. That's really her goal in everything. But much like a puppeteer, she is also a kind of puppeteer. Oh, mm. yes. But and the... I had completely forgotten somehow how good John Malkovich is at playing John Malkovich as John Cusack. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I totally. How did I forget how oh. good Malkovich is in this? Because it's... I remember him as being sort of the victim of all these people. Mm-hmm. And there's a point where he is being fully inhabited by John Cusack's character. And he's so good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell that he is huh. not himself but he's trying to pretend he is. Mm-hmm. He's so give that man an Oscar. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's like it's, anything, it's, it's, but especially I, for this. I think I mentioned it in Face Off. Like mm-hmm. you are watching Nick Cage make fun of John Travolta, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And you think this is Nick Cage being nuts? Like no, it's him making fun of John Travolta, mm-hmm. which is even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean John Malkovich, the work that he does in this too. There are two like very memorable scenes too mm-hmm. where he just goes beyond and the first the first one is when he finds out about the door into his own head and mm-hmm. then goes inside the door into his own head which just yeah it just turns into a whole Malkovich, recursive Malkovich. thing where yeah where he is now in a situation where it's just all him <laughs> and the whole restaurant he's in a restaurant and everyone has his face and his face is on a, his head is on a baby and his head is on a lead like a, a group of gal pals and his head is are, you know is on everyone and it's so good and then the other scene is um john cusack's character at the beginning during he has a puppet show where there is a very elaborate not really a dance sequence but a mm-hmm. choreographed yeah. puppet sequence where he is 
you know, fighting with himself and it's very violent, but it, it's all done by a puppet, a wooden mm -hmm. puppet. And then later on in the movie, there's an occasion for John Malkovich who is being controlled by John Cusack inwardly acts out that, that entire dance, dance and it is very and it's mostly physical. mostly really him, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's like maybe two parts where he's doing some sort or of both his legs leave that, the floor. Yeah, and like, like, that's <laughs> probably not happening. But I mean, for, yeah, for every other reason. And also too, I, I, I feel like Catherine Keener's character is not totally the devil. Mm -hmm. I mean, she does, is redeemed in the end. Well, in that John I don't Cusack know. Is I, this, this time around, like I, I used to think she was redeemed mm -hmm. and maybe she's a little bit, but still, if I were Cameron Diaz at the end, I'd be like, get the hell away from me. Mm. <laughs> Look at you did so much horrible things for just the dumbest, selfishest reasons. I, yeah, the spell I is over. I swear, like, I'm excited yeah. for people who have not seen the movie before because I feel like you have to be intrigued at this point. Right. I will not spoil the ending of the well, movie. Well, there's really not, yeah. I mean, yeah, there is like a, a major, I would encourage us not major part at the end, and I won't spoil it either, but I don't even know that I consider that to be a spoiler because there's just, it's really about the experience of the movie, I it's, feel like. Uh, there, there's almost but nothing like it. I won't like spoil it. it, just in case. Um, there I'm surprised they don't like make more movies I don't know. I know there's been movies where like Jean-Claude Van Damme will play himself or some mm -hmm. shit, but like this is this is still pretty nuts and mm -hmm. it like holds up pretty well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's it is dark mm -hmm. for sure, both in tone and also just looking at it, everything's very gray and blue and you know, That's it's Spike just, Jones quality, man. Yeah, it but it's I used not... he wasted all his colors on Bjork videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a bummer. Mm -hmm. It's it's really no. not, which is great because a lot of times in a movie like this where things are can be kind of chaotic and and has dark themes and is heavy at some points. It, it's I don't know. I find it actually pretty uplifting at the end. I love it. I I, I just wish it was mm -hmm. like bigger. So it it's one of those things that should have like screened on cable, but I think it's a little too indie because mm -hmm. it's to mm -hmm. me it's the most mainstream thing Spike Jones has ever made. Oh, it's yeah. there's nothing hard to understand. There's no ambiguity about anything. There's nothing mm -hmm. left to wonder. Mm -hmm. Like it just it all it all makes sense. Um. Yes, I think and there's some stuff. If you, you if you quite open ended, yeah, and if you imagine it, yeah, it definitely ends open ended in a way, um, mm -hmm. because it sets up a universe that <laughs> continues. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I guess. Um, but it is and future plans for him and Charlie Sheen, Gary Sinise, maybe, mm -hmm. and maybe Gary Sinise if we're lucky. Yeah, I don't know why he gets involved, <laughs> honestly, but that's cool. I like him. I like him as part of this universe as well. Such a wonderful, and I believe the universe is shared with a uh, adaptation. Oh wait, no, they're just making the movie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, mm. but one of my favorite gossipy things about this movie, and I don't know if this is one of those facts that Ooh, everyone me. knows or if I just. Okay, but, yeah. but so apparently, so you know, Spike Jones famously was married mm -hmm. to Sofia Coppola. Ah. I don't know if they're still mm -hmm. together. Uh, no, nope. I can't remember. Okay, yeah, I think she's nope. he's kind of the dick in uh. What's the Bill Murray movie? Yes, Japan. that's what I was going to say. So yeah. in Lost in Translation, the character of... Giovanni Urbisi? Uh, well, I know it more as a character of Anna Ferris, and that is actually based on Cameron Diaz. Cameron mm. Diaz. Yeah. Her real personality. Because, and it's yep. like, when you watch it, you're like, yeah, I totally get that. Because oh, Sophia, apparently, <laughs> Sophia Coppola was not thrilled about Cameron Diaz's relationship with Spike Jones during the filming of this movie, which I wouldn't blame mm. her either, because Cameron Diaz has never been my favorite. Human. Well, you She's not a boy in the mid nineties. She's very She's someone who really grew on me. I used to at first, I was like, "Oh, what the hell? Oh yeah, okay, just another blonde." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "No, she's good." I she's feel like really good in this. This is the only thing, though, for me with her. 
I can't, I mm. literally can't think of another thing that I'm like, yeah, like a bad teacher, camera. Mm. This, Other people, you know who would have been better mm-hmm. in almost every Cameron Diaz who? thing? Catherine Hahn. Okay. <laughs> She's a, she, <laughs> that wouldn't have helped in the early 90s. She would have been a kid. <laughs> uh, in, the mid, in, the mid, in the late 90s. I looked at, so uh, they talk about this book, or this movie in that the book that I'm reading about the year 1999 called mm-hmm. Best Movie Year Ever. And my favorite thing is that Roger Ebert gave a review of this and the pull quote from his review is that a it was his favorite movie of 1999 which i 100% agree with i it's think in my top 3 and he called it so bountiful that you feel not just admiration but gratitude it, i feel like that really wow. sums up my feelings about it like i'm so happy this movie exists it makes me feel so great i'm happy that these people's brains exist that made this for me to watch <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 ridiculous in that I don't know like it's such a fun 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 film and uh, yeah oh I forget totally forgot where I was going with that but pl- like I don't know more people need to be talking about this movie yes people mm-hmm. should be talking about it all the time yeah yeah no. it's a high recommend have, for me I have one complaint mm. Catherine Keener uses the F slur real early on that's true and I maybe don't like that that's the point where it's like oh bitch I don't I'm not listening to you anymore she's a devil hmm. no. No. Seriously, rewatch it thinking that she is actually Mephistopheles. <laughs> I can see it. It kind she of is works. A, she, she is just an sort of appears of in a puff of smoke and she starts tormenting this man. She is tempting a, this man. A manipulative agent of chaos uh, for multiple people. I just don't read it that way. I see her as like uh, pretty much minding her own business and then this fucking dweeb starts <laughs> bothering her. So she's just like, yeah. all right, fine. I will uh, take advantage of the situation. If he had left her alone, maybe she wouldn't be in this situation. Okay, but this, mm. is, a, this is a strong recommend from all of us. Yeah. And, and I don't... Hell, yeah. I'm trying to think if Spike Jones has ever topped this for me. I mean, I love all his movies. I really do. Oh, yeah, but, I didn't... Looking back, I didn't realize, oh, he's only made a couple. Yeah, he's only yes. made like four or five. Yeah, yeah, we talked about where the wild things are. Right. Adaptation, Adaptation, her, where the wild things are. Her, and, her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always forget about her. And, uh, yeah, those then, are all fantastic. Then he's in a lot of jackass stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the co-creator. Okay. Um, <laughs> yep, I love all of those. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. And uh, Beast yeah. of Boy Sabotage is one of my favorite also, music videos of all time. What? Uh, yeah. First and then, yeah, also Charlie Kaufman, we should mention, also mm-hmm. Adaptation. And uh, give me something else to say. Uh, human nature is the follow-up to this. Human nature. And uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Right. Yeah. Thank you. And yes. I think the last thing he did was Schenectady, New York with Philip Seymour Hoffman, right. which he directed. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. Th- oh, no, he did Anomalisa, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it is so good, Anomalisa, mm-hmm. his uh, yeah. stop-motion animated film. Really good. Yeah. And Schenectady, New York mm-hmm. is one that it gets better on the second watch. Yeah, it broke my brain. The first time, it's a little harder to follow. And if you watch it again, it's like, oh, okay, this has improved. I it it broke it my now. brain. Couldn't figure it out. Mm. <laughs> well, first you have to figure out how to pronounce it. Schenectady. That's hard. Which I say no. fast and once. So I don't want to be corrected. Schenectady. 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 No, it's not the name of the city. It doesn't. It's the hard part. Now it just sounds like a Parker Brothers game. I got Schenectady! Uh, okay, moving to television, 1999, oh, November 29th through the uh, through the December 5th. Uh, a minorly exciting week in television for little old me. Maybe you, maybe your mom, because Barbara Walters <laughs> presents the ten most fascinating people on the 30th. Barbara Walters. She's not still doing this, is she? Too busy with the View. Holy shit! King Abdullah of Jordan, along with Lance Armstrong, Jonathan Lee Iverson. I don't know who that is. Who is that? 
I looked it up. He is the first black ringmaster of Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus. Holy oh, shit. All okay. right. Uh, Monica Lewinsky, Susan Lucci, Ricky Martin, Sumner Redstone, uh, Joe Torrey, and Jesse Ventura. That's a real mixed bag, that and is, I'm... That's kind of Feels nuts. like a party They're in hell. all pretty interesting, except <laughs> for Lance Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like him. He is interesting Lance Armstrong now. is interesting in a different kind of way. Yeah. He's got one ball. Not in a that's way crazy. that him giving an interview would be interesting. I see. I see. And also, mm. I think this is before Ricky Martin came out, so... What side yep. is your ball on? <laughs> <laughs> what accent is that? <laughs> Baba Wawa. Baba Wawa. Um, uh, and, and then on, this, on the first, I'm glad we get to talk about this show because I, I don't know. I, I like it, but I, I sort of understand why it's lost to time. Uh, Viva mm. Variety. But I was obsessed uh, with the state, and I this is, it. for all intents and purposes, a sketch comedy from four of the guys from the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ben Grant, Tom Lennon, uh, Carrie Kenny Silver and Michaeline Black, and except that the conceit is that they are a European. It's a parody of European variety shows, which like I don't really have a knowledge sure. of. That concept we're all familiar <laughs> with, and we don't need to explain at all. But it's a sketch comedy <laughs> show, and every once in a while, Tom Lennon would play like a guy from Germany doing an American accent. I'm like this is transfixing. Mm-hmm. I could, I can't do that at all. Uh, it, but it. Yeah, it was mostly a sketch comedy show, and I think you know part of the reason you can't see it anymore is because it did the Chappelle show thing of having a musical guest with a very famous song or band mm. that you could never license. Mm-hmm. So like, it's never been on DVD, it's never been rerun, it's difficult to find online. It is scrubbed from YouTube, yeah. Comedy Central doesn't air it anywhere, but it aired three seasons, uh, Viva Variety, um, and it, it came out right before Reno 911, which I think a lot more people remember and has stayed on the is uh, continually played on the air with most of the same people. Uh, yeah. Viva Variety. And, oh, it's so fun though if you find any of it, even if you've never seen a European variety show, which mm-hmm. I haven't really, but any sort of variety, like I used to watch Sabado Gigante a lot around this time uh-huh. because <laughs> I only had over the air TV for a big chunk of 99 and that was one of the stations I got was uh, the Telemundo or Univision or something. So I would watch like, yeah, like Sabado Gigante, which is this like four hour, never ending show with live commercials <laughs> and sketches and interviews and musical guests. And it's like, oh, OK, I get it. The second I watch this, I'm like, yep, gotcha. Yeah. It's... And just like little games at the audience, like plant or animal. Where is that sound an animal or is it Robert Plant? <laughs> or pants. pants or no pants is the celebrity impersonator behind the screen wearing pants it's okay it, it seems strange in description but i remember the, the reunion a few years ago in san francisco sold the fuck out so fast because it was the only time they could mm-hmm. play clips you had to be there in person i believe henry was there and was like yeah robin williams was like right behind me it was this, <laughs> this hugely attended thing wow. uh, a few years ago uh, but yeah, they, Mr. and Mrs. Lupin, Mr. and the former Mrs. Lupin, a formerly married couple who now host a show with their sidekick Johnny Blue Jeans and <laughs> the different <laughs> musical guest each time. It's difficult to describe, but like that's sort of all you got. I think there's like one episode on YouTube. Wow, it's gone. Oh, and oh, there's so many funny bits that I remember though. They do they do like a Vegas special, and one thing I think about, I still think about it all the time, where it's like Johnny Blue Jeans' guide to fun in las vegas on no money whatsoever and his plan like how to get driven somewhere is to walk up to a cop and say boy i'm sure drunk i better drive myself home <laughs> and then the cop says sir where is it you live i live at the chocolate factory and so he gets to go to the chocolate factory for a tour <laughs> it seems foolproof and i'm here for it i mean it's 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 sort of all over the place i don't know i like i i always liked it i never loved it so I, it's it's uh. it's 
I miss it. I wish I could revisit it because I watched it. I really it a ton. miss it. I feel like I did not appreciate it enough at its time at the time. If I knew it would be gone forever, I would have taped every fucking one. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, did somebody yeah. actually find this? The Nor- an episode of the Norm Show in the yeah. first. Yeah. Uh, it was, this is ABC sitcom, mm-hmm. semi short lived Norm Macdonald show. But he has an, a special guest star who never does anything. Mm-hmm. Who. I think this is a testament to how funny most people find Norm Macdonald. Yes. That the person <laughs> normally considered the most funny per- stand-up on the planet did a show, and that would be Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. not in... <sighs> He's not in good health. ...guest shape no. for the most part. And <sighs> I, I pulled the clip. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh, I because it. I think it's important to see and have, but there's really not a lot going on here that you would get from I, I think because he, he is not in good health and you yeah, can definitely he, tell. He appeared and waved and didn't speak at his yes. own like Mark Twain Awards and that was all yeah, we had from yeah. Richard Pryor for the last few years of his life. But mm-hmm. I, I'd never seen this. I couldn't even find this clip. Kudos. <laughs> Look, Mr. Johnson, I can't send any more caregivers to your house, all right? You attacked the last one and then you filed a lawsuit claiming that he attacked you. He did. All right, then. Now, because of your lawsuit, I'm not allowed to send another caregiver to your house, all right? But I'm going to give you a number that you can call. There's something I didn't... What the hell was that? A win. A win? Look, you just behave yourself, all right? I'm going to get some witnesses in here. Ah! Clear stunt double for Richard Pryor crawls mm-hmm. on his back. Mm-hmm. Wow, he clearly is not capable of doing much. I didn't know he was this bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was very ill. Mul- multiple sclerosis. It'll okay. fucking get you. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is a couple this- years from this, was, he couldn't speak anymore. Yeah. This clip is on YouTube. I mm-hmm. think it's called Richard Pryor on Norm MacDonald. And I think at the end of this clip, I watched the rest of it, and I mm-hmm. think at the end of this clip is a clip of Norm MacDonald talking about this episode and what it was like to film it mm-hmm. on, I think. Um, Curly haired man show. Howard Stern. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Would have accepted King Vol Media, but we'll take curly haired man. Um. <laughs> I mean, it was that or Weird Al Yankovic. I don't think he had a show. So. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Lord. Um, and then, oh, Jesus, on the fifth, a, a TV movie, I can't remember if I saw or like I just, this was promoted at oh. the. This Wazoo. is so in the zeitgeist that I feel yeah. like it was a punchline for a lot of things, and I is think a lot wrote of it? was it like a, a Mitch album? So like a radio show host. Uh, he was a journalist. Okay. So this is a TV movie, Tuesdays with Maury, starring Jack Lemmon and Hank Azaria. Mm-hmm. A high-profile sports journalist learns that his old college professor I'm on the last great journey here one we all gotta take is seriously ill made a really big difference in my life and never even thanked him you could still go see him it's in Boston when am I gonna find time to go to Boston deciding to say one last goodbye I can't work I can't even think here I gotta do something he leaves work I don't get a hug after 16 years I'm so glad you came back you were one of his favorites I don't want to watch this, but I do. Yeah. I, but only because I like Jack Jack Lemon and Hank Azaria so very much. Well, this book was huge, mm-hmm. and it was based on a – it's a nonfiction mm-hmm. book about a real-life journalist who um, reconnects with one of his college professors who made a big difference in his life. And because of a newspaper strike, he's able to visit him weekly. Every and get, Tuesday and have lunch. Yeah, mm-hmm. life lessons from him and, and stories and anecdotes and – um, as his professor is dying of ALS. Mm. It's a big deal. I never read the book. 
um, or saw the movie just because this is not really in my wheelhouse. But it was fucking it everywhere. Was <laughs> everywhere, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and even it was public. I believe the book was published in '97, but mm-hmm. I think the movie really brought a lot of people to it because in 2000 it like topped the bestseller list for I think the oh, year. Wow. It was like one of the biggest bestseller lists of the year in 2000. So. Yeah. Uh, also on the fifth SNL host Christina Ricci, which was not her first time. I, I got confused. I hate mm-hmm. fucking these old SNL clips that are old, like stuck on NBC.com because like she's in a sketch with the original Pugsley. Mm-hmm. That's from '93. God damn it! Yeah. Uh, but she came back as an adult. I believe in the opening monologue, Rachel Dratch plays her fictitious twin sister, oh, okay. uh, who's her stunt double, <laughs> and the mu- musical guest back. And I spent way too long failing to find out this is. I thought this this was so close to Thanksgiving. This is the Thanksgiving musical performance. If you've never seen the Beck performance of Clap Hands, I think it was a huge live thing. Mm-hmm. This it, it's like years later. I shouldn't even mention it, but it's a song performed at a Thanksgiving table with food and knives and forks and stomping and kicking the table and slapping plates like no instruments, mm-hmm. just four guys, four mm-hmm. members of Beck's band sitting video? at a table. No, it's it was the SNL performance. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. Years later, but okay. again, these are all scrubbed from. Yes. official view it's and i'm pretty sure it was 06 but i thought it's so close to thanksgiving of course it is. we mm-hmm. always call it the thanksgiving song mm. um, but it was a really cool performance and our last thing for tv this week i have never seen this and you I, haven't dude doing the cartoon i know how you feel about doing a cartoon christmas, christmas i've seen too many a christmas carol adaptations i know. Uh, hate them but this has all gr- the great people it does have mcnulty and picard in it uh, <laughs> and nice. joel gray <laughs> And Richard E. Grant. <gasps> yes. Yay! All the great people, like I said. And you get to hear Sir Patrick Stewart say, uh, everyone who speaks to word Christmas should have a stake of holly buried in his heart. <laughs> <laughs> Something equally grotesque from the original book. Let's hear if we can hear it. From Turner Network Television and Hallmark Entertainment, A Christmas Carol. Damn you, Merry Christmas. A story of a man consumed by greed. A mind clouded by ignorance. A soul drowning in bitterness. What reason have you to be merry? You're poor. I've always thought of Christmas as a time for good, not a time for profit. <laughs> Nephew, you keep Christmas in your way. Let me keep it in mine. Ebenezer! I'm still fast. Okay, so Richard E. Grant is Bob Cratchit, and Fred is McNulty, yes. Dominic West. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. Just bear with me as I try and figure out who the ghosts are, because they should be okay. some famous, well, too. one of them is... Joel Grey, okay. the aforementioned. He's Jacob Marley. I'm here. Is that him? I don't know who Joel Grey is. You will be haunted by three spirits. Ah, this is all humbug. His journey will help him rediscover the spirit of Christmas, find the rewards of kindness, and bring true meaning into an That's empty life. I know this place. I don't recognize any of this, and this looks fucking terrible. What? I think <laughs> it looks great. It looks terrible. I, I've seen too many of these. I mean, it looks very standard. Yeah. Now, what what bumps me out is Patrick Stewart used to do a one-man Christmas Carol where he would play literally all the characters oh. they do on stage, and it's supposed to be, like, really cool. Mm. And You'd that's what this. I was hoping for. I was like, I'm, it, just do it with editing. Make him do scenes with himself. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> nah, not Show with that. Show me no more spirit. Not <laughs> with that Ted Turner money. <laughs> You gotta get. You're gonna have to engage. Have wigs. Ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Ghost number two. I don't know. Uh, I love Christmas Carol. I will probably be watching this this year. Nikki's you can, Christmas Carol. That's all there is, baby. Just so you know, you can find this on Voodoo. If you, Voodoo? Yes. Oh. I did. Right. Walmart streaming service? I do want to try to highlight when I can find these movies for free so that other people can also do that. I try and avoid Voodoo, but it's Walmart streaming service, and you go in there, and it's just like... If you buy this DVD, you get like nine movies free. You're like, oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, and I think it's also one of the ones where you can watch it for free, but there's like commercials. Uh, yeah. they, they did add that up. It's like voodoo, tubi, voodoo, <laughs> hoodoo, and voodoo. They're all ones Boo-boo. that you can watch with Boo-boo. commercials. Eboo. Yeah. yeah. E- <laughs> and uh, video games from 1999. Again, we can go more in depth on these uh, in the video game show, patreon.com slash laser time. South Park Rally, one of the worst kart racing games I've ever played in my entire life. But it is funny to me because how old is South Park at this point? It's uh, it's pretty new. Two years? Two years. So like maybe 20 episodes. Not unlike the Simpsons arcade game. They don't have a lot to base stuff on. So I, do, I did love going back and playing this and like, oh my God, these were the big things in South Park. Uh, mm. Cheesy poofs and... Jimbo, like all things that like you never see on the show anymore. That one of the power ups you hit somebody with is from the first episode where Cartman is hit by the alien signals. Like I like to sing about the moon and the June and the spring. Uh, that's one of the power ups you hit someone with, and it's actually that song. But it's like it's fr- that's that's like a joke from the first episode, and it's a power up in the game. It's ridiculous. Legendary Dragoon is out in Japan, and I I definitely going to need Michael and Maddie to talk more about Quake Three Arena debuts this oh. week. An incredibly important game, a minimalist approach to first person shooters in that there's not a lot of scenery, but it's fast as fuck. It was way too like it's still way too hard for me. It's really really fast and high flying, lots of huge jumps. Big ass weapons. Um, other things were striving for realism, and this was just like, nah, fuck that, fun and fast. And it, Quake Three Arena, man. Like, I think you can play it free online right now. We're gonna take you out of 1999 with Amphibian by Bjork because it's on the credits of Being John Malkovich. Sweet, yeah. Now, I might take the time and go through because another thing I totally forgot about Being John Malkovich. It has a gorgeous Carter Burwell score. Oh, neat. That's so perfect, but it's very quiet. So mm-hmm. I might have to just listen to the whole score and pick about part that I like because Amphibian by Bjork is a really cool song but it's also like it's Bjork it's kind of weird <laughs> I mean I like it but I don't know it's kind I of love a weird Carter movie so much. Um, and, and yeah we'll close that with whatever Diana says we'll be right back with 2009 <laughs> stay right there time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of november 29th through december 5th well things are slowing down i guess we hit christmas but i'll make a recommendation i think 
both you and grandma will enjoy as you're getting together for the holidays and stuff to watch a movie from 1949. So hitting its 70th anniversary is the Stanley Don and Gene Kelly musical On the Town. I mean, it's directed by those two. And it stars Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, Betty Garrett, Ann Miller, and her like 18 mile long legs in just a pretty simple, goofy story about three sailors getting 24 hour furlough in New York and running amok. And they're singing and dancing and great location photography. It is so cool to see what 1949 New York looked like, you know, after the big post-war bustle and boom and, and just gorgeous cinematography, really fun songs, really fun dance numbers. It's just charming. It's ridiculously charming. Uh, even if you're not a fan of musicals, I think you'll find something in there that, that you'll really like. Uh, there's a song about wanting to date a caveman. Maybe you like that. I don't know. It's, it's adorable. And it's a good one for like the whole family, like grandma, like, oh, I remember Gene Kelly. And she'll like it, but it also won't bore the snot out of the kids and stuff because it's so bright and colorful. So that's my recommendation for this week on The Town from 1949. And that's it for now. Stay classic. Today you did yes because right. I was wearing a black and yellow dress I'm wearing one right now yes she's dressed <laughs> like a yellow jacket hence black and yellow by Wiz Khalifa off of Deal or No Deal oh the tie-in album <laughs> I mean that is the colors from the show too was that was that tied in welcome to 2009 everyone with a little Wiz Khalifa it's November 29th to December 5th that song is out as is uh, albums Primera Fila by Thalia. Thalia? Thalia? Untitled by R. Kelly. Man, that's timeless. Uh, Cocky and Confident by Juvenile. Stir the Blood, the final album by The Bravery. Uh, and Just Like You by uh, Allison Arahita. Mm-hmm. I said that correctly. The Bravery. There's nothing more 2000s about music Ooh, than The Bravery. That is good. Holy <laughs> Lord. That's true. Um, Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z is still number one. Welcome to 2009, everybody. Uh, want a little bit of news to bring us into 2009? Hopefully this will make sense. Uh, It is announced that NBC Universal will become a joint venture between (gasps) General Electric and Comcast, with GE retaining a 49% stake in the company and buying current NBC partner Vivendi share. Comcast, meanwhile, will take 51% controlling interest. The deal is uh, subject to government approval, which, knowing our governments, we will move forward. We don't care about monopolies anymore. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, this is... I remember too, like this is when 30 Rock was really making a lot of jokes about yeah. this sort Able of tie in. It's kind of one of the ways I think a lot of people uh, in our demographic understood this merger is through the 30 Rock jokes. It was, it's still that they show something like so naked, like Cable Town mm-hmm. <laughs> to call the company <laughs> yeah. in the middle of this merger. And the, the CEO, the real, the angry guy who can't be angry, mm-hmm. but has to admit, like, we don't actually make anything. <laughs> we just own the pipeline that mm-hmm. things go through. We don't know what to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why did, how did we end up buying you? You make all the stuff. Right. And <laughs> uh, I loved all that shit. Um, and on the, also on the 5th of this, of December, an Italian jury convicts Amanda Knox and her boyfriend, Raffaella Sassel of Merde. Merde? Merde. I, I, don't, I don't know what this is. Merdiari. 
Well, anyone who knows anything about tabloid journalism, especially if you're in Europe, you know all about this fucking mess. God, it's so rare that there's a situation where it's like, oh, y you can be like wrongly convicted of something and still be an asshole. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Amanda Knox is an American exchange student, and um, her one of her like flatmates was murdered. And she was arrested for it along with her boyfriend. And she said that it's like, oh, it wasn't me, but it was my boss who actually had nothing to do with fucking anything. And it's like, she didn't seem very upset about stuff. And the boyfriend was sort of sketchy. And it, it just, it was a disaster. It became this big fucking tabloid mess. This poor girl getting murdered. And then they all this, I mean, covering Foxy Noxy. Cause you know, she's an attractive, like 20 year old girl and all this. And, it just goes on and on and on. Eventually, uh, she was exonerated, and they found the guy who seems to have done it because he actually left like fingerprints and shit. <laughs> you think they would have gone to those first? Uh, so she had nothing to do. I didn't hear anything about this. Uh -oh. oh yeah, this is a pretty big deal, and I feel like Netflix had uh, at least one documentary about oh, it afterwards. Of course they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, too many drone shots. Yeah. I bet in that documentary. <laughs> if I know Netflix. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, it's it was, I mean, it's the murder. It's so sad, and then yeah. This girl got put through it, you know, by the, the press. But on the other hand, she also kind of fucked up. Mm -hmm. Like, what the hell are you implicating other people for if you actually aren't involved? Right. And mm -hmm. her boyfriend seemed real sketchy, but it seems like maybe he wasn't involved. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So this finally is over, at least uh, in like 2014. They finally got this all figured out. Commit murder is too hard. I don't, I don't think I want to do that now. It does mm -hmm. seem really difficult. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, I just don't have the energy, you yeah. know? <laughs> you gotta think about so many things. I, you I, could leave just one one hair yeah. left behind. That's it. Yeah, it used to be so easy to commit murder. Yeah, Man. that's true. <laughs> hey, he just disappeared, never came back. Must have gone out for cigarettes. Mm -hmm. uh, the good old yeah. days. And also this week, I, I'd never heard of this before, and there's still remnants of it. YouTube announces Feather. Hmm. Right? What? Well, what's that? I think, uh, in uh, starting around 2009, we would prioritize high speed internet over cable. But if you did not, YouTube offered a program for low bandwidth users to access YouTube. I had never heard of this. What? Feather. I don't understand. I still don't understand what you're saying. People who have uh, maybe 56K dial-ups and okay. want to see things on YouTube. It, yeah. That's, I mean, have you not read the... We read the stats, I think, a couple of years ago, that, like... Uh, YouTube consumed as much as the like as much as the entire internet did this year as the entire internet used in o like o five. It's a lot. Mm. So it, streaming video is a lot of bandwidth, and, uh, and and if you're on low service or you're somewhere in Montana where they still have a blockbuster, mm -hmm. maybe you want to watch YouTube videos. Maybe there needs to be some constraints. We'll put in a tiny little window, pixelate everything super strong, make the make the sound mono for you. It's all possible, and you. I think we only notice now when, like, why isn't this HD? <laughs> what what happened, YouTube? So I've never heard of Feather, never, and it, it's still there's. You can still, it's still up on their website somewhere, like uh, entering a beta program in 2012. Um, anyway, movies of 2009. There are many, none of which I've seen. <laughs> um, well, I watched several of these. Oh in goodness! Preparation. Uh, the the Descent Part Two. Never that saw one. that. Yeah. Uh, the Other Man with Liam Neeson and Tony Banderas and Lauren Linney. Oh. Okay. I did watch oh. this. Of course you did. What? <laughs> it's okay. Well, first of all, you can find it on Tubi and <laughs> Amazon Prime, but I would not recommend you finding them because, oh man, this is not good. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Laura this Linney have like, to choose it between. Barely was released, and I never, I couldn't find a trailer. Does yeah. Laura Linney have, have to choose between Zorro and Taken? An actual trailer. Oh goodness. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. She plays a uh, shoe designer who is dead and it was married to Liam Neeson. And then she he finds out after she dies that she had had an affair with Antonio Banderas. As you and, do. As you do. Yeah. And he travels to Italy where Antonio Banderas lives and befriends him. And then nothing happens. <laughs> Uh, guess some talking, some eating. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna spoil it because fuck it, this movie is so bad. So he confronts Antonio. Okay, because if Liam Neeson and Antonio Banderas end up falling in love, everything is redeemed. Please, I mean, we would be having a different conversation right now. Ah. Um, but no, he. (laughs) So he confronts Antonio Banderas. Nothing happens. Then Antonio Banderas is like, "I want to throw a dinner." In honor of Laura Linney, because she was such a great person and everyone loved her so much, and she was such a wonderful shoe designer. And then Ant- <laughs> and Liam Neeson is like, "Count me out." And then he's like, "Just kidding, I'll go." <laughs> I don't know if it's your description, but it sounds like someone's making up this movie as they go. Like, <laughs> improvise. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm in for the ending. <laughs> and also. You see Laura Lindsay, Laura Lindsay's boobs a lot. Oh, okay. Little, after Love Actually, you got to see him in every movie. Well, this is just one of those movies where I'm like, really? You took your top off for this one? I mean, she's pretty open with that stuff. I mean, you also see her boobs in Love Actually. Mm-hmm. So. In the life of David Gale. Yeah. But she's dead. <laughs> well, she's dead in this one, too. So, I mean, you don't see her boobs, like, posthumously. No, not posthumously. Posthumous <laughs> boobies. <laughs> Whatever. Mm. She's alive when you see her boobs we in call this it one. Boshimus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm I don't want to follow that joke any further. That's um, not good. Anyways, don't see I this movie. Can't it's believe not good. You took the time. <laughs> okay, so when we were reading the Everything dis- I found about the other man was like <laughs> this was just dumped to overseas video, everyone hated it. Yeah. It's really bad. Well, it when I read the description, so in little inside behind the curtain, um, when usually when I have time and I'm able to watch a lot of movies for the show, I just write down the list <laughs> and then I read them out to Sam with their um, little descriptions, and then I ha- he picks like the order we go in because I mean if I'm going to subject him to this, I might as well let him have some choosing you know ability about it so this kind of seemed like it could be an erotic thriller the way the description went and Uh. so we were watching it we're watching it we're getting like i'd say almost two-thirds the way through and it's very boring and not good and finally sam's like okay i'm just gonna read the ending on wikipedia (laughs) and so we can figure out if we want to finish this and i'm like half asleep already in bed i'm like go for it babe and so he does and he explains the ending to me and then at that point, we are so far in. I'm like, let's just finish it. There's like 20 minutes left. And it's exactly how I described it. <laughs> Great. So uh, I did this for you, uh, everybody. Okay. And you hear that, everybody? Yeah. Patreon.com slash time. Get these people paid. It's not even and- pretty. <laughs> it's like and set it's in, Italy. in Italy. And it's like, there's not, it's not even like, there's nothing good to look at. Oh, goodness. Ugh. Uh, I feel like I also just experienced watching The Descent, too, where I was just sent down a cave and monsters attacked me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but the monsters were boredom. Yeah. I have never heard a of disappointment. The, the movie oh, Armored. I forgot to mention, what? I think I deleted accidentally from our notes, but The Blind Side, after three weeks out, has moved up to number one. Oh, okay. I yeah. believe we will see a similar it's trajectory for like uh, Christmas Vacation. Hmm. It uh, will shoot back up. But uh, yep. I've never heard of Armored, even though I make it a point to see every movie with Fred Ward. 
Uh, but <laughs> but I, who Skeet Ulrich and G- Jean Reno in the same film with Larry Fishburne and Matt Dillon and Columbus. Why is Columbus Short given top billing? I've never heard of that person. Yeah. Uh, armored, ladies and gentlemen. But it involves a truck. Their job is to protect it. Tomorrow we're going to be transporting 42 million. Their plan is to steal it. We're going to take that money. Are you crazy? On December 4th, only one of them will walk away. Promise me nobody gets hurt. That's a promise. Okay. That... (laughs) This movie's about a heist, baby. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a heist, which, yeah, Rick and Morty have just completely destroyed oof. that entire genre. <laughs> oof, that was a, a difficult takedown of a, a complete, a, to- a genre I really like, actually. That was a fun uh, episode of Rick and Morty. I love, mm-hmm. but yeah, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> you son of a bitch, I am. You didn't know oh. I was programmed to cross, <laughs> to double cross <laughs> you. Uh, okay, anyway. Brothers, another movie I have not seen. Well, so I did not get to see Armored uh, this week, uh-huh. but Armored, Brothers, and then the movie we talk about after Brothers, The Messenger, are all movies that majorly that that have a main plot point centered around the Iraq War. Are you yep. kidding? Yeah, because yeah. in, in Armored, Iraq movies. Yeah, in Armored, when the what I read about it is mm-hmm. that the main character is returning from Iraq and needs a job, so he starts working for an armored mm. car. But now Brothers is absolutely has to Jake do with Gyllenhaal it. doing another Jarhead movie? With mm-hmm. Natalie Portman and Tobey Maguire in it too? As well as Sam Shepard. Uh, all right, here we go. Thanks for taking care of us. I didn't expect that. Did you sleep with her? What happened with you and Tommy? I thought you were dead. I just want to be able to come over and see the girls. What's wrong? Stop it. Can't just nag his mom rather sleep with Uncle Tommy than you. Isabel. Oh, great. A whole movie about the end of Pearl Harbor. Uh, the movie, <laughs> not the, not the <laughs> event. Not, not the, the place. Uh, right. uh, yeah. Yeah. So this, yeah, the next two movies, Brothers and The Messenger, are both about Iraq and Afghanistan vets. Mm-hmm. And they're very... They're very family drama and not a lot happened, but they are all anchored with such good performances. Oh, man. Yes. And, and I, we, did we joke I last week about how Tobey Maguire's never good, even though, like, oh, I like it. maybe you can't play a psycho. <sighs> yeah, he, well, so, I mean, the basic plot is Tobey Maguire is, uh, you know, a soldier overseas and he is captured and presumed dead. His wife, Natalie Portman, is sad and his fuck up brother, Jake Gyllenhaal, kind of steps in and they start becoming close and then. Surprise! He's not really dead. And Tobey Maguire comes back a shell of a human. Mm-hmm. He lost so much weight. Mm-hmm. He's practically unrecognizable. Well, because he has he taken... Is fucking skeleton. He's taken hostage. Or, mm. right. I don't know if that's the correct term for it, but he's being held yeah. over there. Um, and so, yeah, he's very mistreated. Mm. Yeah. And so he comes back and things are trying to get back to normal, but they can never get back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is really good at it yes pause for a second this is why we do this show though Mm -hmm. the only movie out 20 years before this was christmas vacation Mm -hmm. and 20 years later just a bunch of depressing affairs in iraq yeah merry christmas everyone that's true uh yeah Yeah. it's weird it is really good though it's a little slow i would say like Mm -hmm. the first half but then man does it pick up and the ending is explosive it's I, I, My God, this is all being the back of the box, Aaron. I was a big fan of this one, and I didn't think I would be, to be honest. Me either. And it all, mm-hmm. 
And I, I mean, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. on Tobey Maguire, and I wish Jake Gyllenhaal had a little bit more to do in this. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I would say that's my major criticism. But the little girl actors are really good. Mm. Mm-hmm. By the way, like just yeah. their portrayal of being their dad's back, but it's confusing and he's scary, but they want him to, you know, it, it they are very good. It's I just always like to note when you have really good little mm-hmm. kid actors because it is rare. Especially Sorry, in it heavy is. sequences yeah. like this. Yeah. yeah. Can really do like holding back tears. That's mm-hmm. a hard thing for a kid, a little kid to portray. And hmm. I bet I could make him do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to Jenna Malone, Samantha Morton, Woody Harrelson, and Ben Foster in The Messenger. You do not speak with anybody other than the next of kin. No friend, no neighbor, or mistress. We're racing Fox, CNN, what have you. We got to be first. Avoid physical contact. In case you feel like offering a hug or something, don't. I'm not going to be offering any hugs, sir. I'm going to guess... This is mm-hmm. about two soldiers who have to deliver mm-hmm. the word to family yep. members mm-hmm. after. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, good Lord. <laughs> good Lord. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Again, is it a downer? Is it slow? Fuck yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But the performances, like Ben Foster's a guy who deserves so, like a huge career. Yeah, man. Yeah. He is I really like that guy. so talented. He really And it's is. really nice to see him get the lead in something. Oh, yeah. And He's... he just hits it out of the park. Yeah. I, I just... I really love him in this, and I really love Woody Harrelson in this. There's a lot mm-hmm. of shots of them driving around in cars and talking, mm. which Sam said was giving him very much uh, true detective vibes, <laughs> which I have mm-hmm. to agree. But And Samantha Morton is great in this, too, and you don't really see yeah. her that much mm-hmm. like these days, but it was... Sam- Sam also asked, is that the girl from Minority Report? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, yep. Well, now I got her. <laughs> yep, one of the precogs. And then when he saw Jenna Malone, who is rocking a very cute haircut, he was asking me, <laughs> wait a minute, where do we know that girl from? And I, 30 Rock. Contact. Oh, my bad. It's like a different Jenna Malone. Uh, yeah. uh, I always go to contact immediately with Jenna Malone. Do not know context, but I oh I know even less about the next movie. Well, hold on, real quick. So with the messenger, last thing I want to say with the messenger though is that Woody Harrelson is fantastic in this, and he mm-hmm. did get nominated for best supporting right. actor for this. Mm-hmm. But I like to think about just not even the year that he had in two thousand nine, but the last quarter that he had in two thousand nine. <laughs> we have talked about Zombieland, two thousand twelve, and The Messenger. Wow. <laughs> all movies that he was in in 2009 in like a month he's in three movies oh my Jesus. god in three very disparate movies yeah, yeah. okay all right. but I love wow. it I thought uh, this is a recommend if you need an American you get yeah. Woody Harrelson Pretty apparently that's, that's he can do it all yeah and uh, I, I just seen most Robert De Niro movies so I'm, I, I'm it's odd I've never heard of this mm-hmm. wait maybe wait did I see this movie um, you listen. probably didn't, but real quick, you can see The Messenger on Hulu and Prime, just so okay. you know. And Brothers is on HBO. Okay. Uh, Melissa Leo, Catherine, Monique, Sam Rockwell, Kate Beckinsale, Drew Barrymore, and Robert De Niro in a movie called Everybody's Fine. This trip, it's all you need right now. You have a condition. I just want to see my kids. Over the years, Frank's family grew further apart. Gene always kept in touch with everybody, and now it's down to me. But on December 4th, he'll set out on a journey. What are you doing here? To bring them back together. Mom used to say, make your dad proud. I know you're not proud of me. It's not true. 
You always told your mother everything. You never told me anything. She was a good listener. You were a good talker. Robert De Niro. The number's still the same, and I'm still on the other end. Everybody's fine. Rated PD-13. Now, this is a Christmas movie. There's your Christmas movie. As I put it at the end so we can finally get a Christmas movie, that's a remake of a Giuseppe Tornatore movie. I know that one better. And it's Hmm. still startlingly, like, cheap and Hallmark. Like, why did this have to be in theaters? Why do I have to pay $7.50 to see this? Did you watch this, Diana? Nope. Yeah, I watched half of it because mm-hmm. okay. I just had to tap out at a certain point. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just very plotting and pretty depressing. I mean, Robert De Niro's kids, uh, all they're all supposed to go visit him because it's like the first holiday with after his wife, their mother died, and then they all just cancel on him by mm-hmm. leaving voicemails for him. And so he decides to surprise them by traveling to visit each of them in their respective cities. Mm. And... They're trying to keep a secret about their one of their brothers, not Sam Rock, Rockwell. Uh, he's apparently in prison in Mexico for some reason. Okay, it's like a very weird turn. And yeah, I just it's it's really sad because it's all these people that just I don't know don't really love Robert De Niro's their dad as much as they should. <laughs> and I had to tap out in the middle because there's a scene where he looks like he's about to get beat up by a street tough mm-hmm. as he's going through his travels throughout major metropolitan cities. And at that point, I was like, yeah, okay, I've had enough of this. <laughs> so let me know if the ending is actually better and if it ends fine. on a high note and if everyone ends up fine. Everybody's fine. Yeah. Uh, man, I can't believe what I was watching in 2009 uh, this mm, week. The party's uh, here. Yeah. Uh, well, I, oh, God. I used to curse my father for not... He grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. And I wish we lived there instead of growing up in Tallahassee, Florida, where nothing's going on. But, like, when this show came out, like, oh, that's where my dad's from. Had, <laughs> had they not relocated to Florida, this alternate history, oh, ooh, no. Ooh. Like, this is who I would have been. Yeah. Uh, I'm imagining the alternative universe, Chris, now, where right. you do so much gym and tanning and laundry. I, I mean, I'm squinting, and I can almost kind of see it. I mean, I have the same puffy the faces like half of these dudes, like a little bit of product and tanning, man. Yeah. I could be there. Yeah. And uh, and oh, here it is. Oh, goodness. I'm going to Jersey Shore! Yeah! I love Guido! There's no way I'm going to Jersey without my hair gel. I am like a praying mantis. After I have sex with a guy, I will rip their heads off. This is the situation right here. My abs are so ripped up, it can call it the situation. First impression is everything. A bank account can be low, but you always have to look fresh. I like can Italian boys with muscles. You can hate on. I can't believe I, okay. this worked. When I pulled this, there was music backing <laughs> it. I don't so know weird. what happened here. Now it's just like they're shouting into YouTube a vacuum. It. Yeah, it must have because I think it was... Um, Party rocker when it, yeah. LMA, LMFAO, uh, I think was their theme song, but ooh, Jersey Shore, bitch. Mm-hmm. Yowza. And it's still well, on. there's one for you now, Chris. There's Floribama Shore. Floribama oh, Shore. Guys, and I can the tell other direction, baby. There are many spinoffs are of uh Jersey Shore. Know, like but it's just it's just back now. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're all like reuniting. Yeah. They all had kids. Oh, and... tell me all the spinoffs. Please. Okay, so here are the spinoffs. Floribama Shore. Geordie Shore, Shore, which is in Jordan? the UK. Oh. No, that's northern UK, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Warsaw Shore. Huh? Hey. Yeah. Right. Shocked by that. Gandia Spore Shore, which is in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Acapulco 
short. Sure. <laughs> and then super short, which is just people Chris from Evans. the other European <laughs> shores uh, traveling throughout Southern Europe. Oh, this doesn't even include like, like the, and stuff. the like JWoW spinoffs. And oh, like, no, no, no. I'm just talking about the shorts. Yeah. Holy and then shit. There, there are JWow and Snooki did a spinoff. And now I think they're in the midst of Jersey Shore family reunion where they're mm-hmm. all like hanging out again. And I, I believe the situation be... is in prison for tax things is he? <laughs> or went to prison, maybe oh. out. I don't know. I do feel like prison is a storyline. Yeah, that, that name can be a blessing and a curse. Right. Uh, but it, uh, just just for the British listeners, I'm kind of shocked it's Jordy Shore and not Essex Shore. Mm. What the hell's going on, man? Come on. Colchester, represent. Well, th- this is the beginning of me. Like, I always sort of got reality show entertainment. And mm-hmm. I remember watch, growing up watching the real world. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. were like people who looked like me or people I wanted to be. Where is this like, we're all laughing at these people, right? Oh, okay. Oh, and- yes. So this is such a weird show because, yes. Because the Kardashians, like people weren't like there to like mock them. We watching are- to mock them. Right. No, we are... We are mocking them, and mm-hmm. yet there is an earnestness about this that really does get under your skin, I have huh. to say. Well, it, the first episode, let's not – I think it was made famous in the first episode because a girl gets punched in the fucking face. Okay, that wasn't in the first episode. <laughs> that, yes, it was. I or at least it was no. the promo. It was it's the like, first season she gets punched. Okay. Because – and I They actually, stop showing it on television. Yeah, because it is <laughs> oh. graphic. It's crazy. It is not – I mean, okay, look, guys. I'm a big – I was a teacher. I Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Dorcas. We all know this. And I've watched my share of reality television. I definitely watched Jersey Shore because it was like a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And it was they fought all the fascinating, time. truly fascinating. This is a culture I knew nothing about. And so I watched that episode where she gets punched. And it's Snooki that gets punched. And yes. she's a very tiny person. Yes. Like mm. very tiny person. And to watch a little woman like this get cold cocked by a gigantic man it's disturbing. It was like, I am not surprised that they pulled that and stopped showing it after a while because, I mean, it it was very I, shocking. I caught a glimpse of the reunion from this year and yeah. like, they don't show it anymore. No. They, but, they, but this was at the beginning of like online video. Mm-hmm. So this was everywhere. Mm-hmm. You were seeing this girl get punched in the fucking face. Like, what the fuck was that? Right. Holy shit, yeah. that's on television? Right. You didn't even see it on Cops. And, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. so I immediately tuned I, I've in. I've only seen this as a remix. <laughs> I'm not trying yeah. to make light of it because, like, even the, it's like baffling. Like, she's yelling at the bar, but not even at him and being mildly annoying. Yeah, the story. What the fuck? The story that happened was that I think that they had ordered a round of shots, mm-hmm. as you do. Mm-hmm. And he, like, took one of them and he wasn't with them. And she was like, What the fuck, dude? You just took our shot. Like, th- that was, we didn't buy that for you. And then he right. turns. She his back is to her, and he just fully just turns around and smashes fuck? her in the face with his fist. Like the smallest woman ever. It's yeah, it's so crazy. It's it, and she falls. Like, she completely flies off the bar stool. Like it is. But part of the reason I watch this show good. is because the guys get in fights almost every single episode, oh, like yeah. physical altercation. And I only bring that. I'm not saying my real world was better, but I just like remember watching the real world, like transfixed. Like, hey, John, we think you watch too much TV. Looks like your opinion. Show <laughs> produced by blah blah blah. Like that's what the real world was, right. and then they, they it's yeah. the trajectory was that MTV like, all right, take the phone out of the house, take the TV out of the house, mm-hmm. no internet for these people. All right, fill in the booze, make like entice them to get naked. That and slowly happened to MTV reality shows. In their ears, and then this was mm-hmm. the the decision like, no no no, 
let's get them be really, really trashy. Mm-hmm. Let's get <laughs> yes. And this was like I don't know. I thought it had a cops vibe. You were people yes. were wanting to watch a Except show with people they could look down on. Way less sad and exploitative. Yeah, way less sad and exploitative. Because these people are all seemingly very well off, even more so now. Um. That's, that's mm-hmm. a really interesting point, though, about the real world. I never really thought about. It's like, no. How about instead of let's get a group of strangers together and you know put them like uh, bugs in a jar and shake the jar and make them fight let's just take people who are already drunken assholes yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then we just make that we don't have to do anything and it was we just it, stand back they're already idiots like they're I, already drunk and they're already violent I, and i'm italian i'm italian i probably could like trace my ancestry to two of these fucking people oh sure and oh, like I'm sure and like i forgot they existed I, just because, like, mm-hmm. all my family is relocated. Anybody who talked like this, like, lived in Florida. And, well, and so, just to take a poll of the room, mm-hmm. am uh-huh. I the person who's probably seen the most of this show? I mean, I've seen I, I, yeah. the first, like, okay. the first season. Def, I saw every episode. Okay, okay. And then I was like, "What the? F- this is awful. <laughs> what okay. the fuck am I doing? I've, <laughs> I've seen a cumulative maybe ten minutes. Okay, okay. I've seen a lot. So life. yeah, I went. I mean, I definitely. I watched. I don't think I've seen all the episodes, but mm-hmm. I've seen many of the seasons. At one point, they all go to. They send them to Italy. Yes, which is. Oy vey. is sta- <laughs> it is something Stronza. else. It's something else to see, but um. But there are various times. If you watch it, there are various times where they, they aren't on the joke. They, I, they sure are self-aware not. enough. And various people at various times are, are like not all of them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And some of them never <laughs> get the joke. And some of them, I think, are always in on the joke. But at some, you know, they, there are there's various levels of awareness here. Yeah, I, I just I only thought it was odd that like I thought like Mr. Show made like a movie out of this phenomenon. Like the idea of like. <laughs> White trash becoming famous from a reality mm-hmm. show, but it, I, it's it was supposed to be a farce or like something that couldn't really happen. And these people weren't people you aspired to be like. They were mm-hmm. more people like right. it was train wreck television. Oh, yeah. But they became famous and spokesmen, and people did want to be like. In the, I don't know. I, like they did create some fashion resurgences. Mm-hmm. It, it was weird, like because mm-hmm. it went from like I, I, train wreck television. I think certain people like no, these are our TV stars. This is who we like. Yeah. Yeah, and, I know. That's the weird part. There's always going to be someone, even when this is clearly these people are idiots and shiftless, and they're all going to die by the time they're 40 if they don't stop drinking so much. Um, there's always people that's like, wow, like they're having so much fun. I want to be like them. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of it is it just look it to a certain kind of person. It looks like fun to me. It. it think never a- looks like much fun. Just because. <laughs> oh, my God. Their house they live in is so dirty. <laughs> And that is like to me. I keep watching. I'm like, you could just see the like. It's just full of grease from like cooking and hair products. You do laundry every day and never clean shit. Yeah, it's it's just and and tanning oil and it, it just the house itself looks so disgusting. And then also the idea of being in a never ending cycle of. Drinking hangover, drinking hangover, drinking hangover. It's just like makes me feel ill to think about, <laughs> to be honest. But, but yeah, it is. Uh, it is definitely a sight to behold. I mean, I don't know. I don't hate it. You know, I have to say, I think it's you impossible to hate people like Polly D. Yes, exactly. <laughs> one thing I love about it, and this is something that just I've, I've just started contemplating more and more lately, and I I don't know why I'm so nostalgic for regional accents. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we are rapidly, they've done studies, we have rapidly lost all our regional accents, where people are just starting to kind of 
blend together. Like the whole West is pretty much one accent from the Mississippi onward, mm-hmm. except for like the North, like Wisconsin's got mm. stuff. And so I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm from Philly, so I know a lot of people who talk like this. And... Go Biggles. <sighs> Go Biggles. I, yeah. And I do have to say, I don't know, come to the South. There are a, there is a myriad of Southern accents to behold down here. This is true. Mm. I did yeah. go out with a Midwesterner. There are lots I, of different flavors. I met a Midwesterner recently. and like, I mm-hmm. oh, haven't heard that in a while. Mm-hmm. But, but you're <laughs> right. I think that the nature of opening up communication means there's, there's no room left to be colloquial. Like you're talking – most people listening to this are talking to people all over the country every single day as part of their normal social routines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, again, I hadn't seen anything like this in forever either. Even when I saw like a glimpse of Floribama Shore, like not everybody has the same accent. Yeah. Not everybody's the same – like – into the same shit. You'd think that I would have... I actually watched a couple episodes of Floribama Shore because growing up where I grew up, it's even... It is Floribama Shore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that bar, from. that Floribama bar is like 45 minutes from my house that I grew <laughs> up in. So, um, and that one I found to be way less appealing because this is just a different kind of person. Right. The, Jersey Shore is just a different kind of person than I have interacted with before or seen in my life. I'm not even it's like shitting on them because I've watched enough to like, I don't hate these people at all. Agree. <laughs> I don't hate them I, either, which is also shocking. I think, because... I think society at large like resents them for their success, but like they're kind of hard to hate. Yeah. <laughs> there is some weird core of sweetness yeah. to their interaction. It seems like a family who fights. It's, it's, kind, it's mm. like the Fast and Furious situation. <laughs> family. Well, family. 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 Like, at the end of the day, there's, sometimes they're throwing tampons at each other, but at the end of the day, <laughs> they all sit down for a pot of gravy. Okay. Can I say it? I, I got it right, right? I cannot That's... allow us to talk this much about Jersey Shore, but it is it is 10 years old, officially. <laughs> and then we're going to, like, nobody's seen the Monk finale. <laughs> it no, comes I know. out the next day. Your mom has, though. I know. I've never seen an episode of Monk. Whoops. Oh, it... It broke records, man. Oh, yeah. 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 It was the most watched scripted drama episode in cable history for three years. 9.4 wow. million viewers. Holy yeah. shit. That's that USA they Network, man. The Monk finale. If, yeah. there, if it wasn't for WWE <laughs> Raw, I wouldn't know USA Network exists. I never watched that shit. Ah, well, that's why I watch all my Law and Orders. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, laws and Order. Laws and Order, um, I was going to say. <laughs> like Brothers in Law. Yeah. Uh, attorneys General, Laws and Orders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, Monk is, it's a real fun show if you like you know, procedural mystery type things. Tony Shalhoub having, you know, sort of OCD and being very weird about stuff. Uh, ran for eight seasons. It's adorable. It really is. It's and it's, It seems like a show I would like. <laughs> USA really just got that damn... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? The cable formula? Yes, the formula. Mm-hmm. They got the damn formula so right with having a quirky main character... That does things in a procedural manner, mm-hmm. but then there are overarching mysteries or you know things to figure out that span seasons and and entire series. Because yeah. if you remember, with Monk, there mm-hmm. his wife died under mysterious circumstances. I did not remember, and so I that was known a that. kind of overarching mystery. I forgot about it until I. So he took the robe and joined bit. a monastery. I don't know what Monk is about. I'm kidding. I know mm. it's not about that. It's, it's about said, Tony Shalhoub being a and it's in San Francisco, a weirdo detective. Yeah, yeah. Um, set in San Francisco. And, well, you'd probably like it because it's really weird that his boss is played by Ted Levine, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. It's true. <laughs> Would true. you fuck me, Sid Borden? I'd fuck me. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, cause I... it's weird because he looks very different, but the voice is there, and sometimes you're like, oh, God, the captain's going to murder everybody. <laughs> and the theme song is by Randy Newman. Mucks go to town. I don't know. Sorry, Monk, Monk very fans. sweet, and I know. I, I, it deserves the love. It's just it's, it's, it's like again in terms of, of things that like 
I'm not the most uh, uh, with it person in the universe, but like other than Mr. Robot, I wasn't reminded that USA existed for the last 15 years. There, nothing crossed over into my streams or Hulu's or Netflix's, and I wasn't paying attention to cable. But I know they're like the highest rated cable channel. Uh, yeah, I mean, and- I, I know more than I probably should about USA because I do have a very soft spot in my heart for those sorts of procedurals. Burn notice. Mm-hmm. Burn. I burn notice has escaped yeah. me, but I mean, I watched a lot of White Collar. I watched a lot of Royal Pain. Suits. I never watched Suits. <laughs> Don't know what any of these shows are about. But uh, and, yeah. and and so. I thought this was odd. On on the fifth, uh, SNL is hosted by Blake Lively and musical guest Rihanna. Like I forget what Blake Ooh. Lively looks like sometimes, mm. but I know she met her hubby on Green Lantern, a movie we strangely defended when it came out. Mm-hmm. And, but like, mm. either NBC is like so being so stingy with clips of this episode, and or it made no impression on anybody. Googling this led me to last week's monologue where Will Ferrell mentions. Blake Lively. Mm-hmm. That has been written up more than anything that happened on this episode. Yeah, there's nothing really great in this episode, unfortunately. And then I'm only mentioning this because I actually want to see it, mm-hmm. but it is it is crass because it's a ABC synergistic uh, docu thingy, 45 minutes an hour on ABC programming on the fourth. Dreams come true, a celebration of Disney animation. Yeah. Disney has been bringing us animated adventures for over 75 years. Hi, I'm Vanessa Williams. It's time to uncover a few of the secrets of Disney magic. Joining me are some of the brightest stars of television, movies, music, and sports. It's like, it's this salute to 2D animation. Mm -hmm. As if it's something like, we're forgetting about how great 2D animation is. Mm-hmm. So let's talk to some celebs like Selena Gomez, Elton John, and Vanessa Williams. <laughs> well, it's in advance of a 2D. It's promoting yeah. Princess and the Frog. They're Which doing their best to promote soon. Princess and the Frog, mm-hmm. what would be technically the last Disney 2D right. animated film ever. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. So look forward to all that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I hope I don't have to yeah. rebuy that in 4K. God, it better be on Disney+. Plus. Um, really like that movie a lot. But like, that's how much... That's an interesting way to try and push something for the... I don't know, the, 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 the Disney machine. Because mm-hmm. they're not pushing it as like, everyone watch Princess the Frog. I guarantee the last 10 minutes. And everything you've learned today will all be on screen <laughs> with Princess and the Frog. Right. The rest of it's probably this perfectly palatable documentary with sincere Miley Cyrus anecdotes about how much she loves Disney stuff that sure. I, I'm not shitting so- on. <laughs> Wait, so they're 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 cramming programming onto TV. That's this is the pre-show lecture. Yes. before the movie. Yeah. Yes, that's what I think is weird because it's like yeah. it's it's like that's actually kind of clever. This is why you should like this. And like in the way it's written about now, when I was googling around about it, it is written like you could see this as like a documentary about the end of two mm-hmm. D animation, even though they were very much trying to make it the opposite. But it's a nice official swan song made by the disney company about the end of this era yeah which lasted 60 years good it almost 100 years good for it it's it's it why not it looks like it is a uh walk through uh exhibition that you go to at disney mgm studios when it's raining and you don't want to wait in line for a ride (laughs) looks like something they put in epcot when they're building something else right exactly yeah okay (laughs) But it's called Dreams Come True, and I think it's all on YouTube, uh, so you can check it out there. But it's it's something I want to check out more of. Let me get rattled through the games real quick, because, uh, we'll, again, we'll talk more about this. Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Help support us. MX versus ATV Reflex. I think there were, like, what? not unlike WWE, there was an MX game, which is motocross, and an ATV game, which is four-wheelers. And then 
we can't make two of these a year. So they had to like combine them mm. into one mm. franchise. And now we don't have any of them. Colin McRae's Dirt 2 is also out. So you can get franchises that have, uh, have weird things happen to their names. Uh, James Cameron's Avatar is... <laughs> Spoiler alert! Yeah. is uh, Well, I know Michael has a lot to say about this. Because A, he works for the company <laughs> that made it. And B, we were there during the weird presentation. Like, you're going to get to hear James Cameron talk. Like, really? And he just talks about stuff he's in our stuff for like 45 minutes. Like, are you going to show us anything? No, he did not show us anything. He did not show. <laughs> he just talked. Uh, Resident Evil uh, Archives, Resident Evil Zero. There are better ways to play Resident Evil Zero now, not on Wii. Uh, Ace Combat, I'm going to call it G because it's XI because there's not right. 10 Ace Combats yet. It's for iOS. And Rogue Warrior, the long-delayed Mickey Rourke starring <laughs> military game where he raps over the credits. Uh, oh, yeah, tune into, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can find I it. I but... you could see my face right now. <laughs> Ooh, it's, a, it's, a li- it. it's a light rap. It's confused. Um, but that is about it for our show. You can check out more at uh, patreon.com slash laser time where we have new shows every week for people who help support us at the five, just the $5 level. Uh, less than the price of a, a burger and fries and a drink. You can help keep your favorite podcast network on the air. And we encourage you to help us because it's how we keep getting by. And times have been real tough. And apologies if things haven't been going to your feed. But those are all things that take time and money to produce and fix in addition to producing all these shows, which we do a little more than most networks. So we do appreciate your support, especially around this time of the holidays. So consider it. Patreon.com slash laser time. Diana, where can people find you before we get into our quizzes? They can find me on the Twitters at Lucinator. L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. As we, we head into the end of the year, I kind of, I'm worried that Y2K is going to break this show, though. I don't, I don't think, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we did the right coding. And You remember when we didn't have movies for like three years after Y2K? It's crazy. It took yeah. them forever. Dark times. Mm-hmm. No TV. And I never reprogrammed the time on my VCR. Yeah. I had to watch the, the last Harry Potter movie by Raven. It was, it was, it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of the show where we figure out who is dead and who is bone. But first off, who is dead? This is this is crushing. Yeah. Oh, both of these are absolutely crushing. In 1989, we lost Alvin Ailey, who is 58. Fuck you, AIDS. He's if you don't know his work, holy crap, he's an absolutely revolutionary choreographer and okay. dancer. But I, I just um, I, I, I oh, remember damn. telling myself, and I had the internet all this time, like, how come Madeline Kahn is in all these movies that I like and then just disappeared? And I yeah. didn't know that she died this early. Yeah. It's because she died in 1999, the age of 57. Fuck you, ovarian cancer! And I am still, 20 years later, I am still mad about this. I remember right when she died, being in the line at checkout at the grocery store, and National Enquirer's headline was like, Cosby Mourns co-star. <laughs> what? Oh my god. You pieces of shit. <laughs> Madeline Kahn was a fucking genius! Yeah, really I mean, great yeah. in everything she was in, and, and just, I mean... Yeah, I just I don't remember when I stopped seeing her in things. So I guess, I guess she kind of pulled back a little earlier than this. Cause... Yeah, she pulled back, but she was on the TV show Cosby. But I mean, I see that headline and there's just flames oh. on the side of my face <laughs> and heaving breaths with heaving breaths. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Clue. Mm-hmm. What's up, Doc? High anxiety. Oh, my God. She was so fucking funny. Yeah, she is. She is the woman from every good Mel Brooks movie. Mm. And yes, it, it's 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 odd that she's been gone longer than I thought. Um, just because yeah. those movies, so many of those movies are so fucking timeless, and she's so inimitable uh, in every character she plays. God damn, yeah, not fair. Not, anyway, not fair. But with the deaths comes a birthday quiz. 
Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Did I win last time? I won last time. I think you did. Yeah. You're not All writing right. it down, your little book. No. Let's see. Okay. So, we got a 50-year-old again. 1969 is the nicest year. <laughs> Truly. Turning 50. Born December 4th, 1969. Raised in Marcy House's Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Hmm. Uh, he attended Westinghouse Technical High School with Buster Rhymes and Notorious B.I.G. Jay-Z. <laughs> It is Jay-Z. I was going to say Jay-Z. Sean Carter, I mean. Boom. <laughs> Fucking nice. I, I was going to uh. guess that, too. I just thought, like, this can't be. He's, and I also thought maybe he was older than 50. Yeah. And because. Yeah. No I offense, seriously you consider just saying, Sorry, you know, Holly. a month ago we had Puff Daddy. He's the second richest man in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Who's the first? Dr. Dre. Or Jay-Z. No, it's Jay-Z. It's Dr. That's it. That was going to be my entire hint. Well. But just to bring this all around, December 1st, 1999, 20 years ago for this show. Jay-Z was arrested for stabbing record executive Lance Rivera at a release party for Q-Tips Amplified because he thought Rivera was bootlegging Volume 3 of The Life and Times of S. Carter. And I I only saw that he was acquitted this week, too. So, like, but he... Well, no, he he pled guilty. He got three years probation. For stabbing a dude. Good Lord. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. For... Getting his album off Napster. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure it was more yep. than that. Uh, well, that is about but, it for our no, show. Man was won 22 Grammys and is the richest man in hip-hop. So, respect. And the fact that that's, like, the only big arrest on there. So many of these guys, they just, like, they're so smart. And they're such smart businessmen. And then they get in the dumbest beefs and get arrested. Yeah. It's true. This is true. Yeah, respect. But that is about it for our show. Thank you so much. Once again, patreon.com slash laser time. You can enjoy an entire show about video games and so much, so very much more over there, including some commentaries. I really want to watch Avatar with you people uh, and revisit <laughs> that movie. We'll see. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. Diana, what are we closing out with? Well, I'll give you the choice. Uh, we Last week, we were going to close out with Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic, and we decided not to. And I thought we'd close out this week. Or do we show some respect to the late, great Madeline Kahn? And go with, I'm tired from Blazing Saddles. Sounds like you want to do Madeline Kant. It sounds like I do because I love that woman so much. Mm-hmm. Then that's what I and want. And I like the idea of just constantly saying we're going to play Pump Up the Jam and never doing it. <laughs> It'll be our Jimmy Kimmel, Matt Damon moment. Yeah, nice. Exactly. We're bumping it again. Sorry, everybody. Our apologies to Technotronic. So. Been doing it for four years. <laughs> we'll get to it sooner or later. Stay tuned for my viral song, I'm fucking Technotronic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but yes, I'm tired from Blazing Saddles. Is that what you want to do? I I think so. I love that movie. God damn. I love that movie. Uh, so thank much. you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Peace. I'm tired, sick, and tired of love. I've had my fill of love from below and above. Let's face it, I'm tired.